Welcome back, everyone. It is episode 77 of Thirst and Goal. Ben is here. Franny, I'm here also. Sonia is not with us tonight. I'm sure she'll join us eventually. But Ben, like you mentioned, we have fireworks going off in the background. It seems like a weekly occurrence now leading up to the 4th of July. Yes, exactly. I don't understand why you would light fireworks off a month in advance of July 4th in the middle if only, of a highly populated area. If only it was a month before. It's been months now. But uh, perhaps they're celebrating, you know, something on their own. Who knows? Well, maybe. Uh, but maybe. it is a, you know, it's a ridiculous, uh, you know, yearly occurrence. We get fireworks here in Los Angeles for about a month and a half leading up to the 4th and for about, what, I don't know, two to three weeks. Freaks out the dogs. That's after. all it does. Yeah, freaks out the dogs. People got to go to work. Uh, older people need to get their sleep. So, you know, me included, you know, nah, Franny will get there, get there eventually. I'm uh, older. But Franny, how was your week this week? This week, Ben, it was, it was a good week. I mean, you know, it, it's uh, not very memorable. I, I can't say it flew by. Uh, you know, today sort of dragged. I work today again. Uh, you know, on Saturdays, whenever I work on a Saturday, I know that I sort of struggle later on in the podcast. I, you know, I start strong. <laughs> I start <laughs> strong. And then I, I get tired, you know, towards the end. I mean, you know, I'm sure uh, those shots that we take uh, also probably don't help too much, but, uh, you know, uh, it was, it was all right. What about you, Ben? You were pretty quiet this week. Usually you're, 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 uh, you're, you're texting me throughout the week. And this week you were pretty quiet. Yeah. This week uh, was a long, week at the office uh, along with some other things that uh, were going on here at the uh, at the homestead as well uh won't get into that too much but yeah it was a it was an interesting interesting week this week uh i did hit three workouts this week so that might have impacted it uh, as I can well tell. i can see I as can, well this week i can see your your biceps are bulging ben so you know coming in the house uh after an hour and a half working out uh typically i just take a shower get a little get a little something to eat and then go to bed uh, but yeah, it was a it was a long week this week. Uh, Franny, what are you drinking over there uh, tonight, Ben? I have a little bit of uh, Templeton rye and Coke. What about you? I am drinking a little bit of the aviation American style gin from Ryan Reynolds. I'm going to have a couple gin and tonics with lime and rosemary mm-hmm. that Franny was nice enough to bring from his garden. <laughs> uh, but as we get through the podcast, I am going to continue with my old school representation. I got a six pack of Miller, the original Miller, the champagne of beers, and I'll be drinking yeah. a little bit of Miller High Life as we go through the show. As we quarantine, I want to keep it old school. So I think I drank I can't remember what I drank a few weeks ago, uh, but I am going to try to what's, keep it old school. What's the alcohol by volume? Is it like... Ooh, probably like three and a half, four yeah, percent, something it's, like that. It's, it's like drinking water. Yeah, but it, but it was the first beer but. I ever drank, uh, that in old Milwaukee. So I'm going to try to, as we move through this quarantine period, I'm going to try to go old school uh, to my roots. So I'm going to be drinking a little Miller High Life later <laughs> in the show, but I'll be sure I'm, to let people know. I'm excited. I'm excited. Actually, I might take a sip of that. I don't know if I've ever had Miller High Life. I don't, I don't think I ever have had it because it's just, it's trash. Well, I, I, I mean, I grew up with that kind of stuff, especially in upstate New York, you know, Miller, PBRs, Genesee, Old Milwaukee, Milwaukee's Best, uh, you know, those types of beers. Keystone. You know, Moosehead. 
and Heineken were a luxury Roll, item. Rolling Rock. Rolling Rock, too? Uh, Rolling Rock, yeah. uh, Saranac. Saranac was a huge... Uh, huge bonus if we could get a little bit of a Saranac, <laughs> which is from Western New York, but actually a pretty good IPA, one of the first IPAs I ever had. Uh, but Friday, what are we going to talk about tonight? Tonight on the Big Board Band, we have our NFL news. We're also going to make a shout out to our new and loyal listeners out there. We also have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. We have our tag team news, Ben's Steelers, my Eagles, and Sonya's Seahawks. A little bit of news from those teams and some sad news from the Eagles, unfortunately. We also have our feel-good story, Ben's yeah, good, so one always, good one this week. Good one this week. They're good every week. Ben. Yeah, that's true. They're good that's every true. single week. We also have our shot of the week, which is um, well, it's 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 a sort of a, a a take on on the sex on the beach sort of cocktail, and it is uh it is for the summer season. Ben, this weekend is uh, the first day. I think it was yesterday or today is the first yeah. day, the first official day of summer. We also have our brown of the week. Our beverage of the night is another Basil Hayden's offering. It's their dark rye. We also have our beer of the week. The last few weeks, we've had domestic beers. Uh, I think we had a San Diego one. We had one a little bit closer to home. And uh, this one is international. It's the Malquerida from Spain. It's a Spanish beer, I believe. And we also have our housekeeping to finish up the night, Ben. Oh, I cannot wait. Yes, it was a little bit of interesting news coming out of Eagle Land. We'll talk this about week. that. We'll talk about that, but I yeah. was very sad. I was sad. To hear it. Uh, although you may sign Colin Kaepernick in the next couple of weeks. So who knows? You know, things go left and then they go right. <laughs> uh, but we do have a little bit of NFL news as we move through the summer, uh, you know, you can go on to your, you know, ESPN. You can look at your various NFL news sources and get drowned in the will they or won't they have a season. And if they do have a season, how exactly will it be constructed? I mean, luckily we have the NBA, which is launching uh, pretty soon. We have Major League Baseball, which had a little bit of a setback. Uh, this week, but we have at least those two. It's pretty interesting, though, for the MLB to not start the season. I mean, we, you know, they've done it in Korea already. Uh, you know, the uh, the German league, the Spanish league, and soccer. Uh, I'm not sure if the Premier League is up and running, but it's pretty interesting that the MLB is having this much trouble. I mean, because it was just the beginning of their season. Yeah. You know, I mean, for the NBA, you know, it, it sort of derailed the entire season, but for the MLB. This is, you know, pretty much it was the start of the season when the whole COVID thing began. And so it's pretty interesting that they're having this much trouble getting it off the ground. I mean, I know you love baseball, Ben. I don't really care whether there's a season <laughs> or not. But, well, you know, for baseball lovers out there. to watch. Yeah. I mean, how do you feel about it, though? Well, I mean, uh, it's unfortunate that, you know, we have a little bit of a setback. There's people and folks that are testing positive and they're not exactly sure how they're going to handle that. I mean, I can't imagine that they're going to quarantine an entire team, but it looks like that is the plan. And I don't know how you can run uh, a league if you quarantine an entire team every and each time someone tests positive for COVID-19. I think you just got to go out there and play uh, and play the games as long as you can keep people, you know, somewhat socially distanced. Maybe they have a, a penalty box in in the dugout where all the folks that have COVID-19 sit and they're 10 to 12 feet away from everyone else. Uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure... Uh, how it will work once it gets up and running. But, I mean, I'm hoping that they, they are able 
to at least get the 82 games in that they promised. Uh, you know, if Korea is able to do it, uh, from what I understand, there have not been significant setbacks in Korea in terms of having to to truncate the season down further or to, you know, quarantine large numbers of people. What do you think? I, like I said, I don't care. I mean, because it's, it's baseball. It's baseball. So, uh, you know, I'm not a huge fan of baseball bands. So whether there is a season or is not a season for myself, it's not a huge loss. But it is it is help. It will help guide. Uh, how the NBA does it as well. I mean, my, is is this the plan still for the NBA to have all of the games down in Orlando? Pretty much within a bubble. As, Pretty much. As so that's what they're going to attempt. Fauci called it a bubble. That's what they're going to attempt to do, and and we'll see how that you know works out. Um, but I'm you know I'm I'm excited to you know finally watch basketball again once it gets started, and and I, and I hope there are no setbacks. I hope you know nobody tests positive for anything because you know they want to keep everybody in a bubble. The teams. You know, it's easy to keep those 12, 15 players in a bubble with the coaches and the staff, but there are other people there, uh, you know, the hotel staff, you know, the the chefs, um, you know, the the bus drivers and everybody that's driving the teams around. Or, I mean, however far they need to drive. I mean, those guys, those people are not in the same bubble. Those people have to go home to their families unless they're offering up, you know, the same hotel stays uh, for those people as they are for the players. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to keep everybody in the bubble or keep people out or people from going out of the bubble and coming back into the bubble. So, you know, there, there's, there, I'm sure there's going to be some some issues there. Yeah, I mean, and I hope that they're able to figure it out in terms of all of the sports. We cannot certainly wait, you know, a year for all of the sports leagues to start up when they have a bona fide treatment or a bona fide vaccine. I, like I said, I don't think Korea's had significant problems. I don't think the Bundesliga, Bundesliga is that close? Yeah, no, Bundesliga and um, the La Liga. I mean, you know, they're 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 playing. I mean, they, you know, they're they're. I haven't heard of any, um, you know, COVID cases. Maybe it's just something that hasn't been reported. But uh, yeah, I mean, they haven't had any problems. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I mean, these these are athletes at the top of their game. Certainly, there could be people that get more sick than you expect or that is expected. Uh, but I think I think they'll figure out a way. To make it happen. And I think the NFL is lucky in that regard that they have all of these other leagues that are going to begin and play well in advance of the the opening of their season. Mm -hmm. So they can learn from whatever mistakes these leagues make and learn from the good things and smart things that they do to be able to launch a season. Mm -hmm. But there certainly is a lot of will they, won't they out there. And a lot of people piping in. Fauci said they can't. Then Trump's like, you know, Fauci doesn't know what he's talking about. (laughs) And... Uh, you know, I, I think that, that scientists, by their very nature, are hyper-conservative. Uh, they will not, you know, they won't they won't allow a vaccine to come out until they've tested it and, and are insured that, you know, not one in a trillion people is going to have an adverse reaction. So they're hyper-defensive just by their very nature. Mm-hmm. But we can't live our lives that way. I, I don't think everyone can live their lives that way. Uh, certainly there are people that are, more vulnerable to to catching COVID-19 and having deleterious consequences if they catch it. Uh, but most of these athletes, I don't think, fall within that category. I don't know that there are a lot of athletes with diabetes and heart conditions. And certainly there aren't a lot of athletes that are 75 years old. Yeah. <laughs> although although maybe in baseball. But there are coaches. Maybe in baseball. There are coaches. There's probably in baseball there are people that are 75 years old that are yeah. still playing. But there are the Pete Carrolls of the world who are 75 or pretty close to it. I think Pete Carroll somewhere around there. So, I mean, for him... You know, there, there's a risk factor. That's know, true. In, in, in the football or coaches, just, you know, even in the MLB, I'm sure there's some older, you know, coaches out there. But um, whether or not there's an MLB season, I don't care. But, well, <laughs> but Pete Carroll's probably in better shape than I am. 
Oh, he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. He, 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 yeah. I mean, he did take his shirt off during the uh, when they, the DK Metcalf signing. You know, when he came in after or after he drafted uh, DK Metcalf and he went in to meet with Pete Carroll, he took his shirt off. I don't know if you ever saw that video. Nope. Yeah, he actually Pete Carroll because you know, there was that famous there's that famous uh, picture of DK Metcalf. I can't remember who he was standing with. Uh huh. You know, where with his shirt off and and people were just shocked at the body mass index or yep. the, the fat index. And yeah, when, when after Pete Carroll drafted him, when he first came in his office, Pete Carroll just took his shirt off <laughs> <laughs> in the office, which is what makes Pete Carroll, you know, so great. Uh, and, he, and he looked like he was in pretty, pretty decent. good shape for, 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 for a 75 year old yeah. who works 60 hours a week. <laughs> uh, but on to some NFL football yes. news. On to the news, Ben. First up, Mitchell. Don't call me Mitch Trubisky. Bears quarter Mitchell Trubisky wasn't shocked this week. What, or last month, when the Bears declined the fifth-year option that would have paid him $23.9 million in 2021. this uh, The Bears called Trubisky three days before the news was made public to tell him that his tenure with the team would be dep- depend on how he plays this season. Uh, Trubisky said, it wasn't really a big surprise to me because I kind of felt like I had it coming. Trubisky said Friday via video chat, his first interview with reporters since December 29th. I put myself in their shoes. If I was looking at myself, I feel like I would have to go out there and earn that 50-year option. I feel like the way I played last year didn't merit that. Not I just only, think it's not only last year. <laughs> I think it's just more fuel to the fire for me. More motivation that I could have done more to get extended. Uh, one year removed from going to the Pro Bowl as an alternate, Trubisky finished 28th in the NFL and passer rating in 32nd in yards per pass play last season. It's fair to wonder whether Trubisky will start another game for the Bears, who have declared an open competition between him and Super Bowl champ Nick Foles. My plan is to just go out there and earn my next contract. Trubisky says, I want it to be here in Chicago. I'm going to play my heart out and soul out for this team and give it everything I've got. So I'm just excited to get back on the field with my teammates and get back to work. But that was pretty, pretty darn refreshing to hear. Is there a, I think bees love you, Ben. Is there a bee on your hand, on your right hand right there? It looked like there was almost, because I know, I know you were stung by a bee recently on the podcast, but I think it's gone. And actually, I think it's to the right of you on the, on the ground. Is it on the right, right there on the right next to the chair? It is is right there. I don't know, but I mean, bees love you. And that was probably the first time ever that somebody was stung by a bee on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> was pointing at me. And I was like, is there a possum behind it, it, me? Yeah, no, it was just a bee. It was just a bee. It wouldn't be the first time if you got stung. Yeah, again, I got but- stung. It actually kind of smarted for like two or three days after that. It got it hurt, then it got itchy. Uh, but thank you for that. I thought I was like, is there a yeah. raccoon crawling yeah, up no, behind me? No, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be afraid of a of a raccoon. I'd be I'm more afraid of, of a bee than I am of a raccoon. Unless it's like a gang of raccoons, then that's yeah, dangerous. Exactly. But uh Yeah, folks out there, we we record this podcast for your information. We didn't announce it earlier yep. in the show every single week outside where football should be played and podcast should be recorded. Regardless, come rain, come heat, come cold come shout come snow if it ever snows in southern california i never know but we do this outside every single week regardless of the weather 
Uh, we are in Southern California, so that makes it a little bit easier. Uh, but what do you think about Mitchell Trubisky's refreshing, refreshing response? Uh, uh, to- I mean, it seems like that's what he says all the time after every game, uh, after every post game, uh, you know, in every post game interview, really. Uh, he's just not very good. I mean, he's, he's, he's gonna, he's gonna be in the NFL, I'm sure, for a little while, but not as a starter. I think this is his last season. This is his last shot to have a starter, uh, uh you know, to, to have, a, um, to be able to be a starter in this league. Now with Nick Foles there, Nick Foles obviously he's a Super Bowl MVP. Um he has a you know he has more experience. He's just had a better overall career than Trubisky. And I mean it is very sad that Mahomes was available when Chicago took Trubisky and that's going to hang over their heads forever. Yeah. I mean people I mean like Mahomes no already doubt about uh, it. he already has a Super Bowl. Uh you know obviously he was he he, he just kind of, you know, came into the right situation. Uh he has some great receive great offense, a great offensive coach. Uh um you know, one of the best coaches in terms of, you know, just coaching up a quarterback. Um but for Trubisky, I mean he's just not very accurate. He doesn't seem to make the right decisions on the field. Um, and, and, uh, I, th- I think he's really going to lose out the starting job to Nick Foles. Uh, they're going to roll, I believe, with Nick Foles for this season. I'm not saying Nick Foles is going to find a lot of success there with Chicago, but he's just a better quarterback than Trubisky. Yeah. I mean, Trubisky did have a good year, uh, you know, in 2018, uh, 67% passer rating, uh, 24 TDs. But this past year, again, not particularly good. 2017, not particularly good. And uh, not particularly accurate, but he does have his heart in the right place and says the right things. Uh, I don't know that Chicago has the, you know, put the pieces around him, at least on the offensive side of the ball, that many quarterbacks would like. Uh, Certainly there are a lot of coaches and a lot of quarterbacks that would have done a lot better job with what Trubisky had to work with last year than he did. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they haven't put a a ton of pieces around him. But I, I agree with Frane. I mean, I think they roll with Nick Foles. They they picked up. Would they, did they give him a contract or what? Was that a, that was a trade to Chicago? I think I'm right? not sure how much he's making, but I mean, they didn't break the you know bank for the bank guy. For I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure if they just picked up the contract that he signed with Jacksonville, which was I believe a three year, eighty nine million, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I mean, so that's still a pretty decent amount of money, but um, to not have to pay a quarterback you know a ton of money and kind of know what your future is because let's say Foles does find some success. Um, and they do need to re-sign him. He's not going to be looking for a huge contract. I don't see him, you know, going out there and asking for, you know, Dak Prescott type money. I'm sure he'd be happy if if he can make between twenty and twenty five million as a starter in Chicago. Uh, definitely not. And I mean, Foles is still on that that contract that he signed with Jacksonville. There was a little bit of a restructuring that took place, but ultimately Foles is going to get every penny of that so long as he's on the contract or he's on the roster. Uh, so they did pick up a piece of that contract, but you know I, I do I do appreciate the fact that he was self deprecating in his response, understood uh, that he needs to play better, and that he wasn't shocked that the option didn't get picked up. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean I as many folks know I'm not a I am kind of a, a fan of Chicago. I want that team to do well, especially in that division with with Green Bay. Not a huge fan of Aaron Rodgers. I know, as listeners of the podcast probably know, you are and not. And <laughs> I would like to see him play better. But it was it was it was refreshing to hear, you know, him say that, you know, he needs to play a lot better. And if he were in their shoes, he wouldn't have picked up the contract either. Yeah. It's a business. It's a business. And you have to make the best decision for the team. And obviously he knows that he definitely hasn't put his best foot forward in terms of football 
And I don't think it's ever going to happen with him. No, or his best arm forward. Yeah, yeah. or his best legs forward. <laughs> well, actually, he can he can move pretty well outside the he actually, pocket. He, I mean, he does. I mean, he does have that athletic ability, but that's pretty much all he brings. Yeah, but the fact that there were two, I think it was Mahomes and there was another quarterback that went in that draft. Yeah, I forgot who else it was. It was Deshaun Watson. When yeah. did Deshaun Watson get it? Was it that year? I can't remember exactly when it was. But if it was that year, then Jesus, Chicago messed up. Yeah, I think they might have <laughs> passed on Watson and on Patrick Mahomes in that contract. But that's what happens when you get your heart set on a particular player in a particular draft. And when, you know, when someone else is on the board at that position and you don't take a chance. Yeah, it makes you question the talent evaluators that they have on the team if they're picking him over those, you know, those two other quarterbacks. Oh, I definitely question yeah. the talent evaluator. That's why they all have podcasts, yeah. you know, they, they, rather than actual scouts with actual teams, because I don't I don't think much of the scouting that's out there. Uh, Andy Reid, I think, is his best scout that he mm-hmm. has on his or on the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, but next up, we have the Broncos, and the betting begins. The Broncos are the first team to sign a or to ink a deal uh, for sports betting. As legalized sports betting continues to make inroads in the United States, one NFL team is taking the lead. Nick Shook of NFL.com reported the Denver Broncos and FanDuel of commercials every five minutes during NFL games announced a multi-year partnership on Monday, making FanDuel an official sports betting partner and an official daily fantasy partner with the Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. The deal is the first sports betting partnership for any NFL team, and the league opened that category last month when it inked the final collective bargaining agreement. FanDuel has built a strong reputation as a premier gaming destination for sports fans, Denver Broncos CCO Mac Freeman said in a press release, the ways they smartly reach people through engaging and entertaining content is in line with the Broncos' innovative thinking when connecting with our fans. Where did that come out of Harvard Business School? Uh, With FanDuel's successful launch into Colorado earlier in May, we believe the Bronco fans will enjoy FanDuel's trusted mobile sports betting and daily fantasy platforms. Uh, But what do you think about the Broncos of all teams? Rocky Mountain High being the first team to ink a deal with a sports betting conglomerate and this one is FanDuel. Uh, I just think I think this is pretty interesting and dangerous at the same time. I mean, I, I think it's actually a really good idea. I mean, I, I'm I'm just shocked that it's Denver. Uh, you know, uh, you know, if it was Las Vegas, then you know that that I, I'd agree with that 100 because you know Vegas is obviously known for betting. Uh, but I mean, it, it's 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 a great way to create extra revenue, especially this year with the whole COVID-19 thing going on where you might not have the fans in the stadium. So you're not making that extra cash. It's just a great way to get that extra flow, the extra finances from from a different place, from a different area. You know, I mean, it's it's. I think it's a great move for them. I'm, I'm surprised other teams haven't done this. Yeah, I mean, uh, it does scare me a little bit. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it will ultimately lead down the road of... of games being fixed or points being shaved. Well, I mean, that's already a possibility right now, even. That's true. Uh, but the partnership gives FanDuel access to official Broncos marks and logos to use across all of FanDuel's sports betting and daily fantasy sports offerings in Colorado. And the agreement also grants FanDuel access to robust marketing assets ranging from in-stadium signage to radio, television, and digital advertising to promote its sports betting offering or sports betting offerings directly to fans. Uh, I think this, uh, I was shocked that it was Colorado. I would have expected it to be New York, Vegas, Los Angeles, 
Actually, we don't have we have well, we don't have sports betting in L- in California yet. I don't not think legally. I guess. Not legally. I yet. mean, I mean, there, there are ways that you can you can, um, but you know, at this way though, <laughs> nothing like this. Yeah. You know, where 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 you know you actually you know sign a contract with you know FanDuel, which is, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, and it's going to bring more revenue into the Broncos, and God knows that that the NFL is going to be in desperate need of revenue this year with billions and billions and billions of dollars going out the door with no fans in the stands. I, I just think it's it's interesting. I, I, I want to see how this plays out because it has it has the possibility of going south. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious to but see. But the XFL was doing it. I yeah, mean, yeah, the X, yeah. the XFL they showed was, the lines right on the, yeah, right I mean, on the screen. They, they were definitely promoting it. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I, for the for the Broncos, I'm just surprised that it is Bron- the Broncos that went this direction. Um but I, I think it's a great idea just to make that extra cash. You yeah, all-American all American boy uh, John Elway wants to get involved in FanDuel and the sports betting experience. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. Uh, next up, maybe the Miami Dolphins should move to the United Kingdom instead of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In a recent YouGov poll based on millions of responses from the British public, the Miami Dolphins emerged as the Brits' favorite team. This one shocked me a little bit. The Dolphins are the third best-known team in the NFL and the most popular among, among millennials in the UK. And despite the success of the Dolphins in the poll, the most common adjectives associated with the team were airing on the negative side. They included gone downhill, annoying <laughs> and incompetent, uh, however, they were also described as determined and fit. Yeah. Uh, that's a British. I thought the determined and fit. I don't think that's a British accent no, it's at all. Definitely that's not. terrible. We are assuming that the latter refers to their fitness levels and not the British use of fit, which means good looking, although they needn't be mutually exclusive. Uh, the New York Giants emerged as the second best team, known team, and the second most popular in the UK. Uh, again, the Giants were most popular among millennials, and the words used most by fans to describe the team were considerably more flattering than the Dolphins. They included competitive, fearless, good under pressure, dedicated, and hardworking. That's a New York <laughs> team right there. The Chicago Bears were popular with both millennials and millennials and Gen X and were voted the third most popular team in the UK. And the fifth best known, uh, the Dallas Cowboys were the most famous of all NFL teams, but only the fourth most popular with fans showing again that the British are smarter than the Americans. Uh, the fourth most popular with fans, uh, the words used to describe the Cowboys were inconsistent, unreliable, infuriating, unpredictable, Sounds and right. unlucky. That's not unlucky. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're definitely lucky, except for the... Uh, Des Bryant touchdown that wasn't. <laughs> that was not a catch. Yeah, the New England Patriots proved incredibly popular among millennials, coming out as the fifth most popular in the country. They were called competitive, dedicated, focused, passionate, and committed. Uh, among baby boomers, no one cares, but the Was- <laughs> this is uh. the least shocking. The Washington Redskins and Buffalo Bills came out as the most popular among baby boomers, whilst Gen X had the Chicago Bears and Las Vegas Raiders as the most popular. The Cleveland Browns and New Orleans Saints topped the millennials charts demonstrating that there is a huge variation between the generations. One interesting insight from the poll was that most popular teams among women were the New York Jets and the New York Giants. They were the least popular among men. So there's a gender split (laughs) in the NFL viewing households in the UK. And who do you think was the least known team in the UK? And the least popular. 
Uh, would it be the Panthers? The Cincinnati Bengals. Oh, okay. That makes sense, too. We're the yeah. least known <laughs> that makes and a lot of sense. the least popular. Uh, but what do you think about the British take on American football? I mean, I don't think that that would have... The I, Dolphins I, wouldn't even be in the top... I don't even know. Top 20? Yeah, I don't... In well, the I U.S.? Mean, I, I think the Miami Dolphins should pay Dan Marino like 40 or $50 million a year. Residuals? Because it, it, residuals. Like because of what he has, in the 70s? What he has done for that organization... Because I mean, if there was never any Dan Marino, nobody would ever even talk or become or be a fan right now of the Miami Dolphins, especially with the last twenty years. I mean, they've been terrible. They've been an, an awful team the last twenty twenty five years, maybe even. I mean, it's been a long time uh, since they've been, um, you know, a playoff contender year after year. But, uh, you know, I mean, if, if there's any team in the NFL, and you know, Miami would hate to lose the Dolphins. I mean, Miami. Uh, deserves to have that team, but if there's one team in the Do NFL, they, yeah, if there's one, they don't even team, fill up the stadium. Well, I mean, would you though? I mean, it's kind of hard, but I mean, there's still a lot of passionate fans. There's still a lot of Miami Dolphins fans even out here in LA because of Dan Marino. Well, they want to all move to Miami and go to a game. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the only one team that I could think of is maybe the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, that that that, that is. I mean, because nobody shows up for those games either. I mean, there, there's not too many Jacksonville Jaguar fans that are filling up that stadium. Uh, and, and that is one team in the entire country that nobody would really care if they actually lost them, you know, to Europe, to London. I mean, I don't, I don't want any team to move, you know, across the pond. But if there's one team that had to, I would say the Jaguars. Yeah, I mean, that Jacksonville, I don't know that, I mean, Jacksonville is a, is a weird spot to put a team in the first place. Uh, they offered... No one wanted to take on a. There was a. Uh, we don't talk politics, but there was a huge. There's a huge convention that's supposed to take place this summer. Uh, can't really do it in the place that it was initially uh, set to go off. But which city was the first to raise their hand and say we will be happy to host hundreds of thousands of people in our city? It was the dirty, dirty Jacksonville. Said we'll take it. We'll put you up in hotels. We don't care about masks. We don't care how many people come and wander the streets. Come to Jacksonville. We're open for business. Uh, <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, I think ultimately uh, that it shocks me that the Dolphins have that many fans around the world. And it's got to be attributable to Dan Marino and all of the film that's out there because they haven't done anything. Mm -hmm. I can't even remember probably, probably the Ace last Ventura. time they were in a playoff game. Probably Ace Ventura, you know, Pet Detective with Dan Marino in that movie. I think that sort of popularized them as well because yeah. that, that was pretty big in you know the mid-90s. And then right before that, you have that, that run by Dan Marino in the you know late 80s to the early 90s with the Dolphins. So that kind of popularized them. And so people know the Miami Dolphins. I mean, Christian, who, you know, is and That one is I still our, can't figure out. Did it, he ever, does he, had he ever told you the root I, I, believe, his, I believe it is Dan Marino. I, you know, but he wasn't even lot, old enough to remember Dan Marino. He's, he's, he's not much younger than you, Ben. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, I, but I barely remember Dan Marino. Yeah, well, he remembers it when he when he was waking up in the morning and 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 or probably like late at night when he was in Italy, um, you know, across the pond. I mean, he, he that's that's like that's what they remember. I mean, you know, maybe it's the colors, maybe it's the logo, maybe I don't know what it is. And exactly, they didn't even win back then, though. They they were close, yeah, but they never won. But you know, a lot of it is attributed to Dan Marino and his popularity, and and this guy deserves. Residuals, like you said, Ben. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he's a sitcom star. He needs like a Seinfeld type of residual check coming in because, I mean, in the United States, I mean, I know there are a lot of Dolphin fans on the, on the East Coast for sure. Uh, in the Northeast, you know, people that moved up from Florida or have family in Florida or summer vacation or have summer houses or winter houses down in Florida. But yeah, I'm, I'm just shocked at how popular 
The Jacksonville Jaguars didn't even make the list, yeah. and that's the team that they want to but when move Sonya, over there. When, when, when Sonya was in London, though, I mean, she said she noticed you know, Jacksonville Jaguar yeah. fans out there. I mean, that was kind of their adopted team, sort of, right? I mean, maybe it's not on the list here, but, you know, she noticed that there was sort of a following for the Jags. And it's just shocking to me. I mean, they definitely should move the Jags, whether it be to the London, well, to London or to the UK, somewhere in the UK, but they should definitely move that team to a city where they can sell out a stadium and really appreciate having an NFL franchise in their municipality. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Dolphins, that, that shocks me. I mean, the Bengals doesn't shock me. Yeah. Cowboys yeah. being fourth. Most popular is they're, really I like that they're not moving anywhere. But I but I like the fact that they're not first or second most popular, which is probably what they are over here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. I mean, over here, it's, it's you know, second. it's it's Dallas and Pittsburgh. I mean, those are the top yeah. teams. Uh, you know, you have you know fans out here in L.A. walking around with T-shirts with Dallas and Pittsburgh. You know, everywhere as it should be, just not <laughs> the Cowboys. I see a lot of Eagles fans, though. I still yeah, do. Well, yeah, for sure. There's there's a lot of passionate. Like you know, we don't. We and don't, winning the Super Bowl didn't hurt. That, but even before that, even before the Super Bowl, there's there's a lot of Eagles fans out here, and it makes me proud every every single time I see that. Eagle. Well, the Eagles are, you know, next to the Raiders in terms of uh, fan. Oh, the Raiders are huge here the, in LA. But in terms of the the fans' uh, visceral reaction to the team, their 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 level of dedication to the team, and their willingness to um, do. Yeah, interesting I mean, things to support their. Team. I mean, here in LA, I would say the Raiders are more popular than oh, the Rams know, the, or the, the Chargers or the Rams. I mean, even the Niners are more popular here in Southern California than either one of those teams too. Oh, That's for pretty sure, crazy. And they were here for a, for a while. They were in Oakland and in LA, then back in Oakland again, and ultimately now Las Vegas. But yeah, I mean, I'd say that the the Raiders are the mo- are the number one local team mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure in Los Angeles. Uh, next up. Kyle Shanahan gets a new contract, a huge new deal. San Francisco is rewarding head coach Kyle Shanahan for losing the Super Bowl with a new six-year contract that replaces the three years he had remaining on his deal and ties him to the 49ers through the 2025 season. League uh, sources told Adam Schefter of ESPN this week, the new contract makes Shanahan one of the NFL's five highest-paid head coaches, but what made the deal unique is that it was hardly a protracted negotiation between the 49ers and owner Jed York and Shanahan. The two men sat down and quickly figured out what each meant to the other, committing their second second six-year contract in just over three years. Shanahan signed his, signed his first three or six-year contract with the 49ers in February of 2017. This new six-year deal completed recently replaces that one. Shanahan has helped remake the franchise, leading it to an NFC championship last season. He is regarded as one of the best play callers in the league and one of the top offensive minds in the game. Shanahan has also helped form one of the more progressive and diverse coaching staffs in the league of the 49ers' 23 assistant coaches. 11 are coaches, uh, uh, non-white coaches and women. Uh, among them are assistant head coach John Embry, who is black, the defensive coordinator Robert Sala, Hala Sala, believed to be the league's first Arab-American coordinator when San Francisco hired him in 2017. Mm-hmm. What say you about Kyle Shanahan getting another six-year deal, building on what Harbaugh did a pretty good job yeah. of building before him? Yeah. I mean, you know, he did go to the Super Bowl. And some of his play calling in the fourth quarter. In the first quarter. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, in the it, second quarter. Yeah, but I mean, I mean, he's done it a couple of times already. I mean, it's not with the 49ers this year, but with Atlanta also a few years back. I mean, in that fourth quarter, they had a larger lead. Uh, I mean, you know, you can't forgive those sorts of things. But as far as, you know, coaching, I mean, he definitely he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. I think, you know, the Niners are in good hands with him at the helm. Um, so I, I think it's a good idea. I mean, you, you, you can't you know, get on this coaching carousel that a lot of these teams that, you know, like the the Browns, it seems like they have a new coach every single year. Um, so it's, it's good to have a little bit of stability and know what your long term is going to be. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he proved that he can make it to the Super Bowl. I wouldn't be surprised if they go back, you know, within in his, you know, the next six years or so. Yeah, I mean, that's what that's what what led to success in Dallas. That's what led to success in San Francisco the first time. That's what led to success in Pittsburgh mm-hmm. as well, uh, was coaching stability uh, and hiring good, solid coaches and, and allowing them to stay for a long period of time. I mean, the Chargers uh, had Schottenheimer there for a little while. I always wondered why they cut ties with him. The Miami Dolphins had Don Shula. He had a lot of success in Miami, wasn't able to get over the hump in the Super Bowl, but they never really had the roster on the offense to do it. Uh, you know, what's his name? Tom Coughlin in New York. Yeah. Two Super Bowl was, victories yeah. there. Bill Belichick. Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Also very long-time long coach. Uh, this, this, you know, just turning the coaches over, turning the coaches over. I mean, that's why I'm happy they do it in Dallas because it almost ensures consistent levels of underperformance if you're going to, you know, move on from, you know, after, I can't remember who came in after Switzer, but Switzer, then Parcells, then. Mm-hmm. Uh, was it the Clapper? Was it the Clapper? Did, did, I think did, did the Clapper after? come in right after Parcells. There must have been. Was it Wade Phillips? Oh, Wade Phillips. Yes, Wade Phillips came in there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had Wade Phillips, and then Par, you know Parcells, Wade Phillips, uh, the Clapper. Now Mike McCarthy. Uh, you have teams constantly just turning. I mean, Pete Carroll has also co- been you know, with time. the Seahawks for for a bit now. So two Super um, Bowls. Yeah, two one Super Bowls win. And one should have been two. But yeah. should have been two for <laughs> sure. But I, I mean, Steelers. I mean, Mike Tomlin is. I mean, essentially three head coaches: Chuck Knoll, uh, Bill Cowher, and Mike Tomlin. Three head coaches in my lifetime over mm-hmm. the entire course of my life, uh, which is not an insignificant number of years. I won't <laughs> say how many years, but it was. It's a many decades. And I, I think that it's smart for San Francisco. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of Kyle Shanahan's personality and his demeanor on the sideline, but, you know, that, it's not my team. Mm-hmm. So, Did we mention Harbaugh in Baltimore? I yeah, mean, he's Harbaugh's been, been in Baltimore yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson hasn't been there that long, but he's been there, what, five or six years already? Uh, 2016, I believe. Yeah, so coming up on four years, uh, Super Bowl, really good year last year considering the injury yeah, situation that they in a row, had. you know. Uh, so, I mean, I agree with Fran. I mean, it's the, what the Browns do, turning coaches over. Even the Bengals had marginal yeah. success Oops. with Marvin Lewis, who yep. was there for a long time. Uh, the Jets, another team with, with perennial underperformance, mm-hmm. constantly churning through coaches. The Bills finally looks like they finally have a, <clears throat> excuse me, finally have a coach in McDermott, uh, Green Bay. Mike McCarthy for a long time did win. What he, he did win one, one Super Bowl. That was that one Super Bowl? Yeah, uh, I can't remember who was there before McCarthy. Uh, Minnesota they've churned they've churned through a pretty good number of coaches. Childress mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and who was there before? I can't remember who was there before him. But they've churned through uh, a good number of coaches as well. The brand the the Bears have churned through a yep. number of coaches as yep. well. So I, I think it's smart if you have a solid coach who may have some flaws, maybe not perfect, but good enough 
to be in that top tier of coaches, you might as well keep that person around rather than hoping to find that diamond in the rough, especially if you're going to go out there and just sign someone who's been on five or six rosters already. Yep. Uh, Steelers didn't do that. Now, where was Doug Peterson before the Eagles picked him up? I think he was like in high school. <laughs> well, he, no, was, but he was. He did coach a high school team. Um, but I, was he a coordinator? I can't remember exactly where, but he definitely wasn't a highly touted uh, coach, you know, coming into the league. Um, but, you know, it, it, it seems like he knows what he's doing so far. Yeah, and I think he does too. And I, I, I mean, if you're a good franchise like the Steelers or like the Eagles, you know, you, you, you find people that are either college coaches or coordinators and you bring them in. You don't just return through guys that you know exactly what they are. I mean, I know what the Cowboys are going to get out of Mike McCarthy, and it's not going to be particularly good. It may be, you know, nine and seven, one playoff game and out. Uh, but but you know exactly what you're going to get with these guys. And I don't know, with the exception of maybe Andy Reid. You could drop him just about anywhere. Well, Andy Reid, I mean, he also did have a long, successful run with the Eagles. You know, never won a Super Bowl. He went to one. Uh, but now you see what he's doing with Kansas City. Ever since he showed up in Kansas City, they've been... Very good. Yeah, and he could have stayed in, in Philadelphia and had probably continued success. Yeah, possibly. I mean, his last few seasons were a struggle. Uh, but, I mean, it, you know, it was time for him to sort of turn the page and for the Eagles to turn the page. I mean, yeah. they both made a good decision. They both won Super Bowls. The Eagles won one. He won one. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, in the long run, it was a good decision for both teams. All right. Congratulations, Kyle Shanahan and your Orange County hat brim. Next up. Dak Prescott ain't uh, going nowhere. I'm going to start a shot right now. There's been plenty of talk that Dak Prescott could hold out of training camp and potentially beyond if he does not have a long-term contract extension in place prior to the season. But one NFL reporter is fully confident that the team will not let it get to that point. Steve Del Vecchio of Larry Brown Wait, Sports who? Reports. Steve Del Vecchio. You have to say it like that, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Of Larry Brown Sports. I don't know if that's the Larry Brown, but God, that guy is just dripping with money. It just comes out of, I think the Knicks are still paying Larry Brown. In his latest mailbag, Jay Glazer of the Atlantic was asked a question about Andy Dalton potentially starting for the Cowboys if Prescott sits out week one. Glazer completely dismissed the idea of Prescott holding out. They won't let it get to that, Glazer said. Absolutely not. It's not part of their plan. Dak Prescott will be a part of the Dallas Cowboys for a long, long time. I hope so. This will get worked out. Yeah, in front, I hope so. Uh, teams have until July 15th, which is slowly creeping up on us, to work out long-term extensions with franchise tag players. So that gives Prescott and the Cowboys less than a month to negotiate. While there have been indications that the two sides could drag out the contract talks until the deadline, that doesn't necessarily mean they are in danger of not finding a middle ground. Frane, what say you about Dak <laughs> Prescott and Jay Glazer saying he ain't going nowhere? He's getting his fifty million dollars. Ah, uh, that's I mean that's I don't I mean I'm sure he's gonna stay in Dallas. I just don't know how much they're willing to give this guy. I mean I don't think it's it's not gonna be forty million dollars. I mean I hope it is forty million dollars. I really hope they break the bank with this guy and um, and really screw themselves for the future. Um, but I, I, I think it's going to get pretty close to that July 15th date. Um, you know, I'm sure there's a lot going on behind the scenes that we don't really hear about. Uh, I'm sure they're still, you know, working on that contract. And the closer we get to that date, I'm sure they're both getting, you know, both the, the Cowboys and Dak Prescott are getting desperate to sign something. You know, the Cowboys, they want, 
you know, quarterback for their future. And then at the same time, Dak Prescott wants to make his money because he's not going to make that much anywhere else. So, I mean, if it's 35, even that's a lot of money for Dak Prescott. But I wouldn't be shocked if the Cowboys just try to squeeze it in right before the end because they don't want him sitting out. You know, they have Andy Dalton right behind him. Pretty good option on the bench there. But uh, I, I see it Yeah, you'd probably, I, rather, I, I, you'd probably rather Prescott start I, than Dalton. I, I probably would, yes. I actually have I have more confidence in Dalton uh, than I do in Dak Prescott. But yeah, I mean, I, I hope that the the Cowboys screw this royally uh, for the future and just pay him a ton of money, and uh, we'll see what happens. But I see I see them signing something soon ish. But I thought it'd be already done by now. Uh, yeah, I mean, and they've got till July fifteenth to get a deal. A long-term deal locked up. Yeah. Otherwise, it is tag or bust. That's only about three weeks away, though. Yeah, and it's really getting close in time. Yeah. Uh, so it's tag or bust mm-hmm. for Dak Prescott coming up on three weeks. Also, your taxes, my taxes, I haven't done them yet, are due I did on July 15th. Might as well wait until the last possible minute to get that done. But you definitely deserve a shot. I didn't, say anything. That, I didn't say any negative. I just you said, said you'd rather deserve. have Andy Dalton start over yeah, Dak Prescott. Okay, I'll I do, I'll I pour, did, I pour did. a half shot for me. For the uh, And what are we drinking as our shot? tonight and why are you drinking that it shot, is the Ronnie? southern comfort lime band and uh, we've had this drinking game it's a long running drinking game on the podcast where if i say anything negative about the cowboys or any other team in my division i take a shot if you say anything about any team in your division the afc north north <laughs> i was waiting for you to say it i was waiting for you to finish sorry, my sorry, sentence sorry. there and if sonya uh ever says anything negative about any team in her division the nfc west then she takes a shot but i don't really believe i said anything negative but you know this is sort of a punishment shot for saying anything negative um but well you said that you hope the cowboys you know, straddle uh, them or okay, saddle yeah. themselves yeah. with a 50 million dollar contract and they can't sign anybody That'd be else. That's so awesome. Everybody in the NFC East would love that. Every Redskins fan, every Giants fan, every Eagles fan would just love Yeah, if especially they they've already him. made some pretty poor decisions both on the defensive side of the ball and signing Cooper which was a terrible yeah. terrible decision, but let's put Dak Prescott on the clock. Cheers. Ben. Cheers. <laughs> Ah, mm. see, it's always good to talk about Dak Prescott because it's, it's an excuse for a shot. Because I know I'm going to say something wrong. Yeah, I'm just warming. I'm warming up to this. Uh, to this Southern Comfort, uh, Southern lime. Comfort lime. I still think the peach is worse. Ah, not bad. Not bad. Not, not terrible. Not terrible. All right. Next up, Monday Night Football. In this reporter's humble opinion, podcaster's humble opinion, please ESPN stick to documentaries and get out of the football business. ESPN's hire of a new Monday night football crew to call NFL games is being delayed due to an unexpected factor. The current chaotic state of college football. Mitchell McCarthy of Front Office Sports reported both ESPN and Fox Sports are slow walking their hiring decisions on NFL game analysis for the 2020 season until they can get a sense of when and how college football will restart in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic. If college football's fall season is delayed or at worst canceled, oh, this I can't even believe this is happening. ESPN will likely turn to its top college football broadcast team. Yeah, its top college football broadcast <laughs> team of analyst Kirk fucking Herbstreet and play-by-play announcer, play-by-play announcer Chris Fowler to call Monday Night Football, sources tell Front Office Sports. On the other hand, if college football kicks off, 
on time this fall, ESPN would likely keep the college duo in their primetime perch on ABC Sunday Night Football, Saturday Night Football, and pick a new Monday Night Football team from a short list of internal candidates, including Lewis Riddick, Dan Orslowski, Pat McAfee, who people love for some reason, Steve Levy, Dave Pash, or Brian Greasy. Uh, Fox, meanwhile, would likely tap Joel Klatt, its lead college football game analyst, to fill the number two NFL analyst role. But besides play-by-play, beside play-by-play announcer Kevin Burkhardt, who I like, Troy Aikman and Joe Buck are the network's longtime number one team. Uh, but what say you about ESPN potentially putting fucking Kirk Herbstreet calling? I mean, I mean are, they, anybody, are they trying anybody. to make Monday Night Football suck? Anybody Can they find? I mean, there are people out there who know what they're doing. Anybody but Booker. Anybody, anybody but Booger. Anybody but anybody that works at ESPN. Kirk, <laughs> I don't know who these people are. I mean, ESPN are. makes a ton of money. I'm sure there are a lot. I mean, you know what? We should get British announcers, the guys that do the Premier League. I love listening to those guys. They yeah. should get those guys. And they're into it, and they're exciting, I, and they know their shit. I would love Spanish announcers. The Spanish announcers that do, uh, uh, you know, the soccer, soccer uh, on Univision. I'd rather, I mean, I wouldn't understand a lot of it, but it would be way more exciting than some of these guys on ESPN that we have to listen to. I mean, Chris Fowler is boring as dirt. And Kirk, I just don't understand the love for Kirk Herbstreit. I just don't mm-hmm. get it. He doesn't particularly know what he's talking about most of the time. He's super annoying when it comes to Ohio State because he's a huge Ohio State homer. Uh, but he's, I guess he's blonde, blue-eyed, looks good on TV. But he, I don't like watching those games with Herbstreit. I like watching games with... Either people who really know what they're talking about mm-hmm. or people that don't know all of what they're talking about but are entertaining. And, you know, like back in the day when Monday Night Football with, you know, Dan, I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but the original crew with Cosell and and the guys that they had in there then. Uh, but I just, this just blo- it blows my mind how ESPN can year after year after year after year be, can be so incompetent at hiring people to host Monday Night Football. Al Michaels... And Chris Collinsworth are no prize. Al Michaels is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, they're Al no Michaels prize, but compared to the crap that ESPN has rolled out there uh, over the last few seasons with Booger and yeah. you know John Gruden, who's just ridiculous. I mean, he's he's over the top. <laughs> yeah, constantly over the top. <clears throat> uh, I like Spiro Didis. Isn't he local though? Yeah, he's more local. He's a yeah, more Petros Papadakis to do the game. You know, he, his, uh, he's a good post game guy. But I would, I not, would still take him over Kirk pretty, Street. He would be pretty interesting though because he's just a funny guy that says whatever the fuck he's thinking. And uh, he does yeah, a pretty I mean, good he, job. Is he USC games he does or UCLA? Yeah, I think I think he might. But Spiroditas, I mean, he's not an exciting guy to watch, but he knows what he's talking about and he's got that smooth voice on his delivery. Uh, so I mean, obviously they're not going to take this guy, but Spiroditas has always been one of my favorite play-by-play announcers. It's easy to listen to him on the radio. I'm not sure how that would transition to the TV. I mean, I've seen him for a few Raiders games, and I I, I enjoyed it. I don't know how many people out there would, but I think Spiro Didis, you know, he deserves a shot. I, I think so. I don't know. Yeah, I've I mean, always liked the guy. keep recycling these guys. I mean, I, I mean the, the last two years have been terrible. The years with Gruden were bad. Uh, I mean, obviously they can't. I mean, you think ESPN with all their money would be able to pluck some talent away from somewhere or have a better a better recruiting department to try to find people to mm-hmm. fill those roles. But but Kirk Herbstreit and the Chris same, Fowler same Monday talent. Night Football is far, far above their pay grade. Yeah, Way same, far above. Same talent evaluators that Chicago had. Yeah, they, exactly. When, I, mean, I don't know if you watch you don't watch a lot Trubisky. of college football, but Herbstreit is fucking watch, annoying. Yeah, I don't really watch uh, too much college football. You know, but he helped them, you know, save 
one of their you know their college football or draft coverage or ESPN draft coverage. He did some he ran some interference with Fox uh, to try to buttress ESPN's draft coverage of the NFL draft. So he's the hero over there now. But he's so so bad. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even. I mean, the rest of these Pat McAfee. Have you listened to the Pat McAfee show? I've not. You know, he's sort of again. He's he's very colorful, but I don't know that Monday Night Football. If he's if his talent is up to the level of what you would expect from Monday Night Football, yeah. uh, but there's a reason that Sunday Night Football continues year after year, week after week during the season to be the highest rated show on television, and it's not because they have Kirk Herbstreit <laughs> or Booger McFarlane calling the games. It's because you have Al. Do you believe in miracles, Michaels? Yeah. At least as part of that broadcast team, and Chris Fowler is not Al Michaels, and Kirk Herbstreit is sure as fuck not, and not even to the level of Chris Collinsworth. Yeah, I mean it's not easy to do it good. I mean, you know, there's a lot of play-by-play guys, uh, but it's 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 not easy. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of guys out there that thinks you know I could do that job. You know, I can call the game very easily, but. It's not that easy to make it interesting and call the plays on the field. I mean, I still hate Tony Romo. And there are so many people out there that love Tony Romo. I think Tony Romo is terrible. Oh, fuck. Do I have to take a shot <laughs> yes, for that? Now <laughs> you have to take another shot. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Like what the I'll infatuation, what the infatuation is with Tony Romo, but the guy well, is people a like terrible. Him he's likable. He's, he's likable. not even likable. He's uh, likable. He's, but I'm also he's, an Eagles fan. He's so. clairvoyant. You know, he can tell you exactly what the play is. Well, he's a QB. Is, he should be able to. I mean, he's a QB. He, he knows how guys line up out there. I mean, he's experienced with that. You know, I always thought he was a good quarterback. But as far as, uh, you know, an announcer, he leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. I just think they need to raise the gravitas, raise the level of expectation for Monday Night Football. Well, it I used mean, to be should. something that we yeah. look forward to watching. Yeah. And now I could just as soon watch well, it. I mean, it used a, to be on ABC. Now it's on, you know, ESPN, which is, you know, it sucks for a lot of the country that doesn't have. But at know, least cable, we had but, Gruden's Grinders or whatever the yeah, fuck yeah. it was. But I mean, this is just, I mean. Now we get Ben's Grinders. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know what really grinds my gears? The fact that John Madden isn't calling Monday Night Football. I don't think he can anymore. Yeah, that's true. A, but, at least, yeah. but, but think about it. John Madden. Uh, I mean, John Madden was awesome. Kirk John Herbstreit. Madden was, yeah. You need to find some middle ground there. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, but there are definitely standards that these folks that on this list do not live up to. And it just tells me what I've always known that, is that Disney is cheap as fuck. They should get Mickey Mouse. Ha-ha, first uh, down, ha-ha. But they are very cheap. And that's <laughs> and why that's why they're down. not willing to pay Al Michaels $20 million a year to call games for Sun, for Monday Night Football. Uh, but uh, but who, uh, Sunday Night Football, NBC pays them. All right, that's it for the NFL news. Coming in at under one hour for the NFL <laughs> news. It is a miracle uh, tonight. All right, Franny, what is next up on the big board? Uh, next up on the big board, Ben, we have a shout-out to our new and our loyal listeners yes, out there. Yes, thank everyone out there. Uh, people that are listening for the first time and people that have been with us for a long time. We truly, truly appreciate every single one of you. Since 2018, we have been a show about football, fun, friends, whiskey, and beer reviews. Uh, since you're listening tonight, please consider heading over to our website, thirstygold.buzzsprout.com. Or search Thirsty Gold Podcast on the web and subscribe, rate, and review our show. It's easy to leave a review on Apple iTunes. Just click the review at the top of the page and you can leave us a review on Apple. Uh, please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, 
one person. That is your homework assignment for this week. Tell someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you hate uh, to subscribe to our show. Uh, grab their phone away from them if you have to. Find their podcatcher, whether it be Pandora. We are on Pandora, folks. Uh, you can get us on Apple, iTunes, CastBox, Overcast. Pretty much everywhere. Everywhere. Tune in. Everywhere. We are <laughs> everywhere. Uh, so please, please, please help us build uh, our subscriber base. Help us build our listener base. We truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank Funny. you. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, we have a promo for one of our fellow podcasters out there. Yes, we do. Uh, we do this for the love of the game, not for the money and the prestige that comes with having the best NFL it'll, it'll podcast nice. in the universe, <laughs> uh, which this is. This is the best NFL podcast in the universe. We are the John Madden of NFL podcasts. Uh, we, and that's why we, we like to shout out, uh, other podcasts that do this for the same reason that do it because they enjoy the NFL. They enjoy talking about the NFL and they enjoy bringing Great, solid content to their listeners. So we'll be right back with a promo. Sports opinions with a side of satire. We're the First and Tens, a weekly show delivering the spiciest opinions on football, life, and especially each other. And we can do that because we've been best friends for so long. Mm -hmm. I'm Amy. And I'm Jasmine. First and Tens will bring you sports from the female perspective while also injecting pop culture, fashion, and music into our daring dialogue. We're saucy, edgy, and most of all, we, we think, think we're, we're funny, funny AF. First and Tens, light on stats, heavy on sass. Follow us at firstintenspodcast.com. All right, that is our promo this week for First and Tens Podcast with Amy Voss and Jasmine Sandry. This is a great, awesome show. They talk about all things NFL with a no-holds-barred attitude. They're animal lovers, and they run their own super competitive all-women fantasy football league. You won't be disappointed from this podcast with at least one cowboy fan. Uh. You can find them at first and ten podcast.com and on twitter at first and tens please folks check out this awesome show they have attitude they have fun they have a great approach uh to their coverage so definitely highly recommend this awesome show Friday, what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben we have our tag team news our thurston goal news ben your steelers news my eagles news and sonya's Seahawks news. Oh, Franny, where would you like? Let's just get it out of the way. Let's get the Eagles news out of the way. I know what it is, and I feel All terrible. All right. And I see Ben, you're drinking the high life. Yes. Ben is living the it's high life right now. It's all downhill from here, folks. <laughs> I have cracked open my first Miller High Life since 1903, the champagne of beers. Is it really, though? It's not a pony boy. <laughs> it's a real full 12-ounce Bottle of beer, and let yeah. me just take a drink of this champagne of yeah. beers. Give, Brewed. Us a, give us a review, Ben. Take Brewed a off sip. the 605 freeway. And give us your honest review. It's crisp. Tastes like pee. It's a little dry. Uh, it's definitely a lager. Uh, it's easy to drink. No bitterness to speak of. <laughs> but it's got a nice, refreshing bite to it. Uh, a warm summer drink to be sure uh i will give it a six out of ten i think that, that's fair i think a six out of ten for something as popular as it is something that's been around as long as it has 
It's very drinkable. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've never, I've never, I've never had one, but I can guess you that it probably. You're in a cooler. You gotta I will, have one. I will not, but I, I, I'm you have pretty to at sure. Least try one of these. I'm pretty sure that it tastes a lot like Bud Light. Uh, no, it tastes better than Bud Light. Way better. Yeah, whatever. But it's not like Bud Light's that great. And I, when I was if a Bud kid, Light's a five. That's yeah, a six. When I was a kid, this came. I don't know if it still does. Came in an eight pack of I think seven ounce bottles or eight ounce bottles. Really? Uh, yeah, and it came in an eight pack. And, you know, you'd buy it, you drink the little pony, they call them like pony bottles, I think. Uh-huh. You know, you take it to the job site back in the 80s when, of course, you know, people were still drinking on the job hey, site. Drink, smoke. Yeah, you just drink, <laughs> you know, smoke on the job site, throw your cigarette butt in the grocery store. Uh, those were the days. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's not bad. Uh, I don't, I don't know if I'll be drinking the, it all the it's time. It's what they were. Those were the days. I'm not sure if those were the days. <laughs> That's true. Those were the days. <laughs> but I'm going to continue to do this all summer. Uh, every couple of weeks or so, I'm going to find a, you know, a, a, a beer from my past or a beverage of some kind from my past that most people today would probably just turn their nose up at. Uh, but I'm just, uh, there's a lot of people drinking that, I'm sure. It was, hey, it was, it's, it was in the store. I mean, even now it's, it's, it's cheap, it's crisp, it's refreshing, I'm sure, but it's not as tasty as, you know, a lot, a lot of the other craft beers out nowadays. Oh, God knows. Oh, God. No, no, no. God, oh, no, no. God no. But it's Miller, <laughs> the champagne of beers. All right. This week in Eagles news, more than a month from the start of training camp, the Eagles have already suffered a major loss. Pro Bowl right guard Brandon Brooks suffered an Achille, a, cor- a torn Achilles tendon on Monday that will force him to miss the entire 2020 season. Working out at the Novacare complex because he was rehabbing a shoulder injury, Brooks tore his left Achilles just around 15 months after tearing his right Achilles during a playoff loss at the New Orleans Saints, which came back from a 14-0 deficit at the time of his injury to end the Eagles' season. Oh, this is just terrible. Brooks suffered a season-ending shoulder injury a week before the Eagles hosted Seattle in a playoff game last January. They lost that game, too, making them 4-0 in playoff games. He's completed an 0-2 in ones that he hasn't since arriving from the Houston Texans in 2016. Brooks has made the Pro Bowl in each of the last three seasons and is widely regarded as one of the best offensive linemen in the game. Yeah, he is. What he is. say I you mean, about Brandon I, Brooks I, out I, for I the season? I, I can't believe it, especially with all the bad luck that we had last season. I mean, pretty much everybody got injured. And now even before the, the season begins, if there is a season, we lose him. I mean, there, there are guys that you can replace. He's one of those guys that you can't really replace. I mean, there, I mean, there are guys you can throw in that position, but you can't really replace his skill and his talent and it's very sad. I, I I just can't believe that the Eagles have had this much bad luck with injuries, and the season hasn't even started. I know with marquee I mean, players. Too. Yeah, I mean with him, or, or or you know you lose Lane Johnson. I mean those guys you can't, no. or even Kelsey. I mean you can't lose these guys. No, I mean I, that's pretty stark stat. Four and O in playoff games that Brooks has started, and O and two. Yep, in games that he hasn't. Yeah. I mean, the line, the line, I mean, you know, they're not flashy picks when you get these guys in the draft or when they're very good players. You don't hear a lot about these guys. You know, you know, you hear about it. QBs, running backs, wide receivers, you know, those are, they're, they're, they're flashy. You know, oh, you, sure. know, you know, their names. These guys, this is where it happens. It happens in the trenches. And, and if you're not blocking for your quarterback, 
then that's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, I'm sure they'll, they'll they'll stuff somebody in that position, but it won't be on the same level of Brooks. And I, I mean, that's that's his second Achilles now. To one Achilles is terrible. Now both Achilles. I don't know. I don't know. Achilles two, Achilles three, Achilles four. I don't know how he's going to return from this. You know, I mean, I mean he now, busted his left Achilles last year. Yeah, or a year I, before. A, a year before, and it's it's. I I don't know. I mean, I, I was very disappointed as an Eagles fan. Very disappointed to hear this already. And the season and hasn't just practicing, even rehabbing a shoulder, in, rehabbing a shoulder injury. Oh man! Uh, so let's let's hope that this is get it out of the way early. Well, it's, he's not, he's missing the season. That's it. I mean, yeah. you know, if it was like you know an injury that he can come back from, you know, in the off season, or even you know come back. Well, he's only missing the season if the season it, it, starts. It, it, if the right. season starts in September. Or, you know, let's say come back in you know week six or week seven, maybe miss half the season, but he's already done for the season, and who who knows how much this is going to affect him. In the long term. And I believe he also signed a extension as well. So, I mean, as an Eagles fan, it's devastating news. It is terrible. Yeah, and these guys are hard to find. Yep. Uh, you know, for the casual football fan, it probably appears to be, you know, there's an injury to someone I didn't know anyway. Uh, but these guys, you know, especially up front for teams with quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, who like to move around with Doug Peterson, who have a very creative game plan. You know, these guys are as important as anyone else on the field, if not more so. Uh, in fact, wide receivers, cornerbacks, uh, running backs, I think, are, are e- much more easily interchangeable, much more easily found on the open market than our offensive linemen, offensive linemen uh, of Brooks caliber. There are mm-hmm. just not too many of them out there. Uh, it's one of the reasons the Steelers have been able to be so, so successful uh, over the years with Ben Roethlisberger because they've had really competent if not great offensive lineman up there up front same with the Dallas Cowboys although Dak Prescott we'll feels, say it was Tom Brady his entire career his entire career uh you know Troy Aikman's entire career with the Dallas Cowboys uh you know these guys are far more important than I think the fans understand and when you're someone like Russell Wilson or someone like the Seattle Sea or a team like the Seattle Seahawks when you see year after year either not investing in the offensive line or investing poorly in the offensive line, you see the outcome. Bob, well, you see what what a spectacular quarterback Russell yeah. Wilson is. Also, but think about having what to he deal would with be that. If he had Joe oh, Montana's offensive God. line, I mean, he's already like you know top. I would say top three in the league. I mean, Russell Wilson is one of my favorite quarterbacks, and do what he does without an offensive line, pretty freaking amazing. Yeah, and it's probably the thing that kept Dan Marino from winning uh, a Super Bowl. Well, defense also. Defense wasn't great, but I mean, receivers, receivers. I mean, receivers. You know, the great quarterbacks can make. I mean. Aaron Rodgers has made pretty average receivers look really good yeah. for his entire career. Uh, but without an offensive line, especially... Are you giving in props? The, oh, for sure. For sure. Are you? Oh, for sure. Really? I mean, I, he's a, oh, my God. I just don't like him as a human being. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to take away from his talent. <laughs> I'm not going to take away from his talent uh, when it comes to, you know, game in and game out. When it comes to playoffs, uh, Aaron Rodgers might not be as disciplined as he should be in the playoffs. But, you know, the offensive line, I mean, Russell Wilson is probably what kept them from going to another Super Bowl. Uh, it's probably what kept them from being ahead in that Patriots game, the second Super Bowl uh, that they lost. They probably should have been ahead in that game. But, you know, this is just it's just a devastating loss for well, the, the Eagles up front. Well, they, they were ahead. Oh, well, they, yeah. Well, they, <laughs> they were up by 10. Oh, they, oh yeah. They, well, yeah. But, but they, they could have held that lead yeah, yeah. and ran down the clock a little bit better. Had they had a better offensive line for for Russell Wilson to throw behind and for Marshall Lynch to run behind in that Super Bowl, 
It's just a devastating loss for the Eagles. Marshawn Lynch, Marshawn Lynch doesn't need an offensive line. He is the offensive he is, line. Well, yeah, I'd rather maybe put Marshawn Lynch in there <laughs> as a fullback and as a blocker. Uh, maybe he would be as good as whoever they're going to replace Brandon. Well, definitely better than Fetty and half the offensive line. I yeah. mean, they had DJ Fluker was injured all the time. Uh, they had other guys up there on the line that were injured for 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 Seattle. But this is this is a huge loss. So let's hope. I mean, it, it happened early. Happened in June. So. Let's see if they can't get yeah, but someone, Achilles, an undrafted free agent or someone to come uh, in. Achilles injuries are, I mean, they're just difficult, you know, to come back from. I mean, he's already come back from one. He's come back from the other one. I mean, it's, 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 you know, if, if it's uh, an ACL, an ACL tear, you know, now is also a very serious injury, but it's not as serious as it used to be. Whereas Achilles injuries, they, they're still pretty devastating. Oh, for sure. And, and I mean, at a position where, where the entire, it, I mean, it's all about body position and leverage. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right, it's all about being able to play low and leverage your position, and that that puts the Achilles in a in an extraordinarily stressed position as an offensive lineman. It's the so, Achilles heel of the Achilles, basically. I mean that position because I mean there's yeah. not so many other positions that Achilles use it. Heel of the Achilles that use that, I mean, that, that use that part of their body for that leverage. I mean because you need to be pushing forward and you're using you know that tendon to sort of push forward, and now he's blown both of them. Yeah. And Floyd Mayweather has a little advice for Carson Wentz. Just protect yourself at all times. So next year, he will be out there. <laughs> Don't drop your hands until the bell rings next year, Carson Wentz. Yeah, tell that uh, to Clowney. <laughs> tell that to- <laughs> Because it's going to be, if they don't replace Brooks, it's going to be a little bit, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a struggle for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, you want Seahawks or Steelers? Let's go with the Seahawks, Ben. All right. The Seahawks are coming up. <laughs> Got to turn your page. I, I, no, you don't. I, okay, I should probably look he's at try, the page that you're on. He's so. trying to get me to turn the page. <laughs> uh, just one year ago, the Arizona Cardinals were preparing to embark on their first season under first-time head coach and Instagram model Cliff Kingsbury, who was armed with a number one overall pick at quarterback. Those Cardinals finished 5-10-1. At least one of their key players is talking as if they're about to reverse that record and then some. Nick Shook of NFL.com reported, I feel the hype is warranted, to be honest, said running back Kenyon Drake during a recent appearance on Franny's favorite show, Good Morning Football. <laughs> I like that show. When you add arguably the best receiver in the league in DeAndre Hopkins, the most electric quarterback in the league in Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes might have something to say about that. You add me to the fold. You add a couple more pieces to the O-line on defense. You draft a Swiss Army knife in Isaiah Simmons shore up the D-line and bring in other people to build a great puzzle. That's what we have in Arizona. I feel like we're going out there and really going to take the league by storm, especially our division. Uh, the last part, part of Drake's quote might be the most surprising, even though, or even more than the disregard for the existence of Lamar Jackson, whose 2019 MVP would point to him, not Murray, as the NFL's most electric at his positions. The Cardinals currently reside in one of the tougher divisions in the NFL, a four-team group that features the reigning NFC champs and another legitimate contender in Seattle. It's not exactly child play in the NFC West. These kids are up to the task, according to Drake. This year, we have another year under our belt. Drake explained Kyler continued to get better game in and game out, and we know he has another year under his belt. Cliff had has a year under his belt as well. I mean, it was just such a, such so much experience. Now coming in with another year of that experience, we're just really going to do what we have to do and let our talent speak for itself. But what do you say about Kenyon Drake thinking Arizona Cardinals mm-hmm. have a chance to be the contender, the top one or two 
in the NFC West, and I no. tend to agree with him. What do you, you say? You think they're you think the Cardinals are better than the Seahawks and the Niners? Possibly better than the possibly. I don't believe it. I, don't, I mean, I love his confidence. That's what you want to see in the player. I mean, you want to see that confidence. But realistically, uh, I don't see it happening, especially with the two front runners. I mean, this is um, a Niners Seahawks division. The Rams, I believe the Rams could finish last and maybe the Cardinals move into third place. But I, I, I don't see them, you know, up there just yet with the Seahawks or the Niners. I mean, they're, they're just head and shoulders above those two other teams, in my opinion. I mean, if Kyler Murray can do what he did in college, they bring in DeAndre Hopkins, obviously one of the top two yeah. or three receivers in the league. Uh, Drake actually is a really electric runner. He's good. Uh, from the from the position, that they, they showed up the offensive line, the defensive line. The offensive line was a hot mess last year. I mean, mm-hmm. it, was, That's been it was a disaster. A few years now, yeah. I mean, it was a disaster. Uh, you know, I uh, we'll see what happens with San Francisco. Uh, they'll probably be right up there again, but you know, who knows, uh, Super Bowl contenders, it's tough to come back year after year mm-hmm. and play at a high level, win the division again and, and contend for a Super Bowl for a second or third time. And they've done it now what they went to the championship game last, well, last year, last year, <laughs> year before they had a pretty good year, I think. Or is that the no, year that Garoppolo that, went down? That was, yeah. Yeah. So not, 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 that was the year not that Garoppolo before, went yeah. down. Uh, so you know anything can happen, and and if there's there are injuries on that San Francisco team, you know Seattle is still a work in progress in the offensive line, still a little bit of a work in progress at the wide receiver position, running back position. Yeah, I mean I wouldn't be shocked to see the Rams finish last in the division. Uh, I'd be shocked if the Cardinals were maybe second, but I see the Cardinals finishing third. It's 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 gonna be a race once again between the Seahawks and the Niners in that division. But you know, I love the confidence. You you want those kinds of guys on the team that think they could beat the world, even when it's not possible. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd like to see what Murray's got with a competent you know team of wide receivers and a competent offensive line in front of him. I mean, I like he's good. Don't get me wrong, but but he has. Two other very competent teams. Ahead oh, for of them. sure, for sure. You know, w- with quarterbacks that do have a, a bit more experience, um, and and you know, uh, what's the coach there in in, uh, in Arizona? Cliff. I mean, uh, Cliff. I mean, he also has a bit to prove himself. You know, so, yeah, I mean, and that's he, why I think it could happen. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I he's, I he's believe, gonna be, I don't believe it. He's going to be more of a risk taker. He's going to be more. You know, they finished uh, five and they were five and eleven this yeah. this past season. Um, like you said, I mean. When you have a terrible offensive line like they had, it's really difficult. But uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know. I mean, if 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 you know the Seahawks had lost a few extra players, or you know, I mean, but they still have Russell Wilson there, and 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 with the Niners, they still have the majority of their team coming back. Um, I, I just don't see it happening. And, and and the only the only the only issue I have is with Kyler Murray's maturity. He did he, he did show a little bit of a lack of maturity last year. In terms of, I still think Miles how, Sanders should have been rookie of the year, but that's true. That's, just, that's, that's true. Just, you know, my opinion being you Eagles know, fan. He did. Too. He did whine a little bit about being hit. He did whine a little bit about a lot of the calls that were happening on the field. But his offensive line completely <laughs> broke down on nearly every play the entire season. Mm-hmm. So those things are going to happen. So if he matures a little bit, you know, I, I actually could see them. I could see you know Seattle winning the division with with Arizona coming in second and, and San Francisco coming in third, with some injuries at San Francisco. If everything doesn't go well, exactly, well, you can't really predict injuries. I mean, injuries could happen for Arizona too. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. But Garoppolo did not impress me last year uh, in the playoffs, and it's another year with the same players and the same scheme. We'll see. Well, but we'll I, see. I, I am optimistic for uh, the Cardinals. For, for Cardinals, yeah. 
I don't know why. I don't know either. But uh, <laughs> next up, Steelers. Cam Hayward didn't expect to be waiting this long into the Pittsburgh Steelers offseason to get into contract extension. Joe Rudder of the Pittsburgh Trib Review reports. Then again, he didn't expect the pandemic to throw a wrench into the organization's financial planning. And so the nine-year veteran defensive tackle brings his time without a firm understanding about when talks or actual football might resume. There's not much more I can do with everything going on. Hayward said on Thursday, I just have to be patient. Beside my contract, there are a lot of other people who in this league that have to get signed, a lot of other people on this team that have to get signed, and those rookies are still waiting as well. Things have to happen, and they should, Hayward said, but I'll be ready either way. If I have to go into next year knowing this might be my last year, so be it. Cam Hayward being the class act that Cam Hayward is. Uh, Not whining for a new contract, not threatening to hold out, saying, look, I understand things are not going as planned. I understand that we still have rookies and undrafted free agents that are waiting for contracts, and he's showing the true maturity yeah. very refreshing. that you would expect from a Pittsburgh It is Steel. very refreshing to see this or hear this. This should be a feel-good story because you have a lot of guys out there that are whining, that are coming up on their new contract, that are willing to sit out. and But, I mean, come on. I mean, he... I love hearing this from these players. I mean, he just wants to go out there and play hard and earn his next contract, unlike Dak Prescott. Yeah, and he played at a Pro Bowl level for much of his career. Uh, played in 16 games all of the nine season that he's played, with the exception of 2016, uh, where he did miss nine games and missed a game in 2017. But he's played a full season. Do I have to take a shot? Every him? single year. Yeah, what did One you sec- say this time? I just said that Dak Prescott's whining for... Yes, uh, line it up, set I, it up. Should I? You're sleeping over, set it up. Well, I, well these are small shots. It's only 10.30. That's what she said. <laughs> but Cam there, Hayward has played... Little shot, little guy. Cam Hayward has played at a really high level uh, for much of his career, Pro Bowl caliber, uh, probably the best defensive player we've had on the line uh, in a long time. And if he had... You know, the, the Steelers will lock him up long-term. Uh, probably to end his the bulk of his you know productive career in Pittsburgh. Uh, you sucked away. On uh, the the Philadelphia Eagles took uh, I can't remember who you signed. You signed. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot his name too. Yeah, but you signed but, our, our other defensive player mm-hmm. that was up for a contract. Yeah, he was sick of playing for you guys. Nobody <laughs> ever gets sick of playing for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But yeah, Cam Hayward will get signed. Uh, and things he will go. go. He wanted to go to Super Bowl caliber team. Uh, so what? He went to the Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, that's good. That's good. The Steelers with Roethlisberger <laughs> coming back with, you know, the only issue I see with the Steelers really is potentially the backup quarterback situation. At the linebacker <laughs> position and in the secondary on defense. Uh, although we, you know, make a Fitzpatrick coming back, but we still have a little a bit of issue. I think the running corner. back running back position is also it's not solid right now. No, but we do. I mean, we drafted. We have we have a, a rookie that we drafted. We have we'll see how he does. Benny Snell still on the roster. Connor, and, we, and if yeah. James Connor can be healthy for an entire year, I mean Connor. I mean we, we were talking about earlier with DK Metcalf and uh, you know that that one picture with his shirt off and you know he had muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. I mean Connor also. I mean he, he was recently on yeah. on NFL Network or whatever working out and. 
man, pretty big guy. Uh, he's got some, you know, fairly huge lats. He's doing some, <laughs> he's mean, doing some bent over rows with 300 yeah, pounds. I, I don't know what he's doing I, on his bent rows. Looked, I mean, he looked pretty impressive, and I wish him all the best. He's one of the, you know, the great stories in the NFL. And I, you know, I, but I, you know, I'm not, I'm not 100 confident in the running back position with the Steelers. I mean, that, that's, you know, ever since Le'Veon left, that's been a struggle to fill that position. Yeah, I mean, and I hope that there. I mean, Connor can stay healthy, and, and you know, with Roethlisberger back, hopefully there'll be a little bit less pressure on the running back position. They'll be able to get leads in games and and not have to use Connor uh, as much. But they do have, you know, they do have Samuels, Jalen Samuels. I think that's the right guy's name. He didn't play much last year, as well as the rookie, as well as Benny Snell, and as well as James Connor. So hopefully they can spread out the. You know, spread out the workload, but that's yeah. not, but that's I mean, not Tomlin, Mike Tomlin's style. Yeah, I was going to say, Tomlin's a workhorse yeah. kind of guy. He wants that one solid running back where he can run, you know, 20, maybe 25 times a game. Uh, and, and uh, I mean, that's really not benefiting Connor at all. I mean, you, you really need to mix it up. Well, that's what they say. When you have three quarterbacks, you don't have any. Yeah. You know, when you well, have three running backs, you don't well, have the any. Running back, the running back position is a little <laughs> different than the quarterback uh, position. It is, you, but you, 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 get, get, you uh, get Connor a little bit of rest, too. But in the, you know, the guys should be able to carry the ball 20, 25 times in a game yeah, for 16 could. weeks. No, they. Not, I was going to say they could, but I don't know about for 16 weeks. That's a little difficult, too. But, I mean, you got to give you gotta, you gotta, you gotta throw in, you know, a few other guys there. I mean, you know, the, the Eagles have found success doing that. That is true. That is true. Yeah. All right, Friday, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is your feel-good story, and I love the music. All right, hold tight, everybody. We'll be right back with our feel-good story. All right, and we are back with our feel-good story. All right, everybody. <laughs> That's the music I love to hear. That's the only reason why I show up for the podcast, but it's just for that music right just there. Just for that music. Uh, it's so we nice. have a really good story this week from a former Pittsburgh Steeler, Will Allen, who played 12 years in the National Football League, the Will Allen Foundation based in Pittsburgh provides a level playing field to foster new leaders for a new generation. Since leaving the NFL, Allen began making investments in real estate, technology, energy, and other businesses through partnership and venture capitalists. His investment portfolio has included Hypersense Inc., a Pittsburgh technology company that controls indoor climates, and Columbus-based Luna Energy Partners. LP, an LED lighting firm. He recently sat down with a reporter from the Pittsburgh Business Times and was asked some questions about his foundation uh, and his goals working with startups. Uh, the primary goal, he said, is to help founders succeed and help them be better people, help them manage their teams well, help them build great company culture, and help them navigate their business and master their crafts. The next priority is having more black entrepreneurs and more black venture capitalists in the game. How do I educate? How do I bring people along with me? How do I collaborate with other black VCs? Women and men out there, those things are what I want to do, Alan said. Invest more in black and brown founders because they are untapped demographics and there is so much untapped potential there. Uh, moving the needle and not just checking the box. That's something I'm passionate about, especially in today's climate, Alan said. 
Uh, you said moving the needle. How do you apply that to yourself? He said, I think it's a good way to think. We want to move the needle. We just don't want to check boxes for the sake of doing it. We really want to help people transform lives in everything that they do. His goal is to teach and mentor and uplift African-Americans because that's what he's done his whole life, because he's also done that with white kids in the suburbs. Even more now, there's a greater sense of urgency to eliminate racism and eliminate barriers. He's definitely looking for companies that have societal impact and a good business model. That's the ultimate win, if you ask Mr. Allen. Uh, so he's promoting uh, black business ownership, black venture capitalists, and bringing black people into his foundation and into his investments. And he's trying to do that in the Pittsburgh and general area around in that uh, area of Pennsylvania, uh, as well as in Ohio. Franny, what say you about Will Allen and his foundation trying to level the playing field for uh, African-Americans and black folks in the business space in Pittsburgh? It's great, Ben. I, I, it's, it's, <laughs> he says the I mean, same it's, thing it's every week. It's funny every time you bring up the. I, I, you know, I was kind of looking at. Every, 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 every time, every time, you start. You know, you you, you start. Actually, I don't have that on my agenda. I actually, I, I pulled it up on my phone because he sent it to me earlier in the week. I don't have it. Oh, you know, I, I don't. Whatever you just wrote down right there, and whatever you said, I don't have it right here. So I wasn't able to follow along. But oh, just listen to it. I mean, you know, obviously it's great. I mean, it's it, every week you bring a feel good story and you ask the same thing. Like, what do you think about that? Of course, <laughs> it's a good thing, Ben. It is awesome that he's going out of his way and we're not hearing the negative parts of, of you know, like the, all the Antonio Brown shit that we've talked yes, about exactly. uh, on, on the podcast. So it is great work from Will Allen. Will Allen. And good the Pittsburgh job. Steelers. And the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I, I, I do put him in an awkward position. I mean, it's like, whatever, it was a week ago or two weeks ago, yeah. there was a player down in down in Alabama or somewhere that was giving away thousands uh, of free meals to people who had lost their jobs in the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'm like, how do you feel about this player giving giving <laughs> how, meals to people who don't have food? How do you think and I'm like, <laughs> It sucks. Why can't uh, these people uh, earn their own money to I buy know, their I own food? I didn't say that. I, w- I wouldn't say anything that mean. No, that's he pretty didn't terrible. Say that. But I always but, put him in an awkward no, position. No, I mean, I'm listening. I'm like, that's great. That's that's you know good for the individual that you're that you're talking about week after week. I mean, I, that's usually the time I take to look at Instagram and see uh, <laughs> what posts are on there. But uh, no, that's 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 definitely a great story, Ben. Yeah, and these are some of my my favorite story. I mean, I think we did a story on Brandon Copeland. Uh, of the Jets yeah. a while ago, you know, the, you know, don't get me wrong. I mean, we want to, you know, Jenkins as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we, 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 we he got hired the, by ESPN. Yeah, that's great. I mean, we, we bring these, you know, these players that kind of do these things behind the scenes that you don't usually hear about because for a lot of folks, it's, I mean, this stuff, if this was out in the media, it's it's just not as interesting as the negative stuff because it's not like a soap opera. This is not a soap opera. This is good stuff. He's he's bettering the world with what he's doing, and you know that just doesn't fly in, in today's society for some reason. No, I tell but you. I, I I I think it's wonderful for you to bring these things to light because not too many people do, and that yeah, sucks. Thank you. Yeah, I mean Antonio Brown. I mean, he tweets out a picture of himself in a yeah, Patriot I, uniform, I mean, in a Steeler uniform. Yeah, that's what people and in a Raider into. uniform, and he says, "I'm coming back." And you know. it's ESP. It's on ESPN for three hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, people like this. I mean, obviously, we don't want to make light of folks that donate huge amounts of money to purchase, you know, things that folks need or food or supplies for school. You know, but this is a great story about sort of helping yeah. people develop skills that they will use for their life. I'm Brandon sure. Copeland trying to get, 
you know, other players and uh, people in his community to learn financial literacy, to understand how to help themselves long term. You know, I think these are really, really good stories. Yeah, I mean, and 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 it, I'm sure there's a lot of other guys out in the league that we obviously don't cover. Who was the kicker also a few weeks back that we talked about? And kickers don't make a ton of money in this no, league. No, and and he's out there donating money and doing good things in his community. And uh, you know, this is the type of stuff. And you know, I'm sorry, I was looking at Instagram, but I mean, this is the type of. <laughs> I mean, this is like your. It's like your segment, you know. But I mean, you know, this is the type of stuff that ESPN should be covering. The positive. You know aspects. Oh, for sure, and 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 the good that these players do in their communities, and and it's just sad that we don't hear enough of it. And Ben, every every single week, you find you know one story, one good guy out there. There's multiple, but you know you find yeah. that one good guy, that one good story, and you bring it to the world. You highlight it, and that's great. Maybe we should follow this up with why you know what cowboy. You know, some some cowboy story that follows this as to why the cowboys are terrible. That could be like Friday segment. Like he could find a different story every single week about why the cowboys are terrible. Well, Jerry Jones, that's number one. <laughs> Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones getting a lot of pressure these days to say something. Uh, but he's probably actually being smart by saying nothing no, rather I mean, than something because, stupid. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's. Yeah, I mean, he. He's probably sitting out in his yacht out there somewhere, sailing around the world. You know, yep, plenty. Of yeah, that was still funny during nothing. the draft. I mean, I was watching the draft with Sonny. I'm like, is he on a like? Is that is yeah? His, his basement looks really strange. Yeah, that, that's uh, is no, that a boat? Yeah. It turned out it was a boat. You know, they they dressed up like they were going to the Oscars on their boat in the middle of the ocean, uh, and they still had better Wi-Fi than I have here in the middle of Los Angeles. His picture was better than better than our Zoom. I know his sound our quality. Zoom calls. His, I know his sound quality was better than our sound quality <laughs> yeah. when we were doing this po- podcast remotely, and I wasn't even that far away. Oh my god! All right, Franny, what's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, it is our shot of the week. It is shot time. Oh, we are getting into the alcohol portion. Franny's specialty. I need to grab it though. It's in the fridge and it's chilling right now, Ben. All right, we are going to be right back with our shot of the week. All right, and we are back with our shot of the week, Ben. And tonight's shot was inspired by the summer season. This is the official start of summer, Ben. And uh, I'm excited. Yeah, I can't wait. Summer, I mean, we have our we have our but, European trip planned. Yeah, I was gonna say we're, we're gonna, gonna go say, to the I'm beach excited. tomorrow. I love I love <laughs> summer. I just love I love when it's warm. I like when it's hot. You know, tonight. Yeah, let's see. It's about 64 degrees right now. It's not too warm at the moment, but I love when it starts heating up. I I, I hate when it's cold. I mean, I, I just I, we were out here in the winter time. We record this pod, uh, podcast outdoors all the time, and in the winter it gets pretty chilly sitting out here. So I love the summer months, uh, even though this year, because of the whole COVID situation, we're probably not going to be going anywhere. Uh, you know, this is, you know, last year we were getting ready to go on our, you know, European vacation to Croatia. We visited the Czech Republic. We went through Slovenia. We went through, you know, to Vienna. So we had a good time last summer. Great memories. Unfortunately, won't happen this year. We didn't but know it was going to be the last time. We, we have <laughs> we have next year uh, to look forward to. But this shot is it's a take sort of on the sex on the beach sort of sort of cocktail. It was con- it was concocted with uh, vodka, 
Grey Goose, Ben. So it's the better vodka, not not the Tower vodka. I actually use some of the good stuff. Oh, we got some of the good stuff. So Grey Goose vodka. Actually, if there is a good vodka, vodkas to me are all the same. But vodka, Malibu coconut rum, mm. some triple sec pineapple juice that came in that huge huge jar yeah you couldn't find a little six pack i, I, I couldn't find a little a little yeah no i couldn't we got a find gallon that of, we got a number 10 can of uh pineapple yeah, juice pretty in much there. pretty much had to uh you know i mean nobody drinks pineapple juice on its own i had to spill most of that but to make the shots it was it was you know enough oh there goes my my <laughs> my watch is talking to me uh and then a little bit of grenadine so it has, a, it, has it's, it looks nice there's some um some whipped cream on top with some orange sprinkles you know we got the yellows the oranges the sunsets at the beach ben you know it's 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 and what is it dub ben do you remember this shot is called you had to look at the <laughs> Vamos a la playa. Yes, and uh, let's go to the beach, Ben. That's that's you know what summer is all about. If you if you're close to a beach, go to the beach. Uh, but unfortunately, we won't be going to the beach on vacation this summer. Yeah. But we can you know we can head out to the Pacific. It's not too far away, Ben. It's can't swim in it. Right, can't Dana. catch anything to eat out of it. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But it's summer. I'm excited, and I'm excited to try these shots, Ben. And they look beautiful. And you can find the pictures on Twitter and on Instagram. Yeah, and, and I have the feel-good story, but Frane is in charge of the second half of the show, the alcohol portion of the show. He comes up with these shots every single week, uh, a different shot every single week. He comes with a different beer for us to taste every week, and he comes with a different brown, a different va- a different tequila, or tequila a cognac, a whiskey, a bourbon, a scotch, a rye. He comes with one Every single week that is heavily researched, uh, yeah. doesn't always, hours of research doesn't always live up to the to the to the research, but sometimes over <laughs> overperforms uh, the research. But he comes up with these every single week. Uh, so let's give this a shot. Let's give it a shot, Ben. And these have been chilling. I mean, they're cold. I mean, they're really cold. Ooh, and it looks like good. the uh, looks good. the the whipped cream is not completely coagulated. It's not solid. I mean, it looks like when you give the uh, the shot glass a little bit of a twirl, it, it's it looks it looks actually pretty cool. It's it, like mixing. It, it, it in looks there. like the undertow. Yeah, at does. the beach, it does. <laughs> All right, cheers to you, Ben. Let's do it. I'm sure it'd be a delicious one. Oh, that's really good. That is actually pretty freaking delicious. Oh, wow. It tastes like summer. I feel like I want a whole glass of this. I mean, it is technically a cocktail. So This I mean, is really good. If you mix those ingredients, the vodka, oh, Malibu wow, rum, pineapple is good. triple sec, pineapple, and a little bit of grenadine, that's a good cocktail right there. And that is Holy a very shit, good. good, solid shot. Wow, that shot was. Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. I was. <laughs> I talked I was, over it. I was waiting for you to say something like, "And fantastic. that is fantastic." It was actually really fantastic. <laughs> I was like, "You're gonna play a sound effect? Don't talk over it." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that shot was really, really good. And again, Franny does this every single week. I'm so happy to be doing this from the same location. I know, seriously, uh, man. For those for those few weeks, and and and, and I know I chose some terrible shots for you, Ben. Yeah, you did, and I had to make uh, them, make them, and drink. You them. had to make them and drink them, and I and 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 you know, I I, I went out of my way to find shots that had rum in them because rum I know how much you love rum, and I know how much you love tequila too. That I went out of my way to find shots that you could enjoy, Ugh, and they were pretty terrible. <laughs> uh, some were good. Don't get me wrong. 
Uh, But I'm not a huge fan of vodka, tequila, or rum. Uh, I will do shots of really, really good tequila. Well, this was rum also, but it was, you know, coconut rum. It's it's a little different. It tastes like the islands. Exactly. I mean, this was a very good, refreshing drink that you can see yourself sipping on at the beach. Yeah, at the beach, somewhere. I mean, maybe not a shot, but even a cocktail like this would be excellent. Yeah, I can just I can imagine you know in Prague down by the river. Well, sipping I, on maybe it's not appropriate I, for that particular not, location. Not, yeah, yeah, I would um, say you know in the Bahamas. Yeah, you know in Curacao. Bahamas, yeah, hanging out in Aruba in the dirty, dirty. In the you know, oh, definitely in, 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 in Florida. This, are you kidding me? This is their this is their pre workout yeah. drink in, <laughs> in Jacksonville. And <laughs> Pineapple it's a great, it's juice a good and one. Malibu rum. I had a little bit of dude. Had a little bit of you know Gatorade. <laughs> you know, to that exactly, it'd be pretty good. And your Blake good. Bortles jersey, and you're ready to go. <laughs> yeah, your your old Tannehill jersey that's been hanging in the closet. Like, oh, he was pretty decent, I guess. Now that we see the success that he's found in <laughs> everywhere and, other than Miami and Tennessee. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that, that was that was good. I'm very happy with that one. Yeah, that was a good one mm-hmm. for sure, for sure. And last week was good. Vamos, this one was good. Vamos a la playa. Yes, and we will be doing that. You know. At some point, probably. I mean, like it's funny because, like, when you live close to the beach, you don't actually go to the beach. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a whole project I, when you go to the I, beach. I, here. I mean, but it's like it's you know it's not that far away. It's right you know right down over here through the hills, and 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 you don't you know you can get there pretty quickly. But like when you live that close, it's like yeah, it's there. You know, you take it for granted. Well, that's why I like I mean, when we go to a place like Croatia where. Well, you it's know, right in front of you. The homes are <laughs> the homes are close to the beach, right? Well, it's technically your backyard is you right. Know, the so beach. you go. So here you have to go to the beach with every supply you could conceivably <laughs> need. Uh, you have to carry it all with you, right? So essentially, you're taking your refrigerator to the beach with you <laughs> on your back. We don't have to. You, you don't have set to. everything it's, up. It's, it's just that there there are a lot of folks out there that think they need everything when they go. All you need is a towel. You just take a towel and some water, and you're good. Maybe a football. Yeah, I mean, but then you, you don't want to be there all day. No, I mean, obviously, I don't, a... don't want to be at the beach all day. I mean, well, I mean, the beaches here in L.A., I mean, there's a lot of sand. The water, like you said, Ben, is freezing. freezing so cold. you don't really want to go into the water unless you're a surfer, a boogie boarder, you know, like that sort of thing. Then, you, yeah, you can take advantage of it. But, you know, if, if you're just hanging out on the beach, I mean, basically you got the sand and it's not even that hot. It's like... Uh, you know, if you go to Malibu right here, it's it's mostly it's overcast. You yeah, know, it's it's you know it's it's nice to see the water, but uh, you can't really drink. You can't really hang. Yeah, out. I you mean, can't, there's, you can't, there's, there's, you can't beach, light a bonfire or anything like that either. No. I mean, there's beach locations that have bars and restaurants, but yeah. they're so crowded. Yeah, and the parking is such a nightmare. Yeah, uh, that I'd rather drive two hours up the coast to go to a place that's more comfortable. Yeah, but then it's a whole day affair. Yeah, I mean it's nice to just drive down, see the, see it, and come back. <laughs> That's why the Europeans they do it right. You know, you just rent a little place on the water. Well, it's on different. the Adriatic, on the Adriatic, the Mediterranean. You know, but I'm sure, like if you're facing the Atlantic already, it's you know it's so similar. To, well, actually, the Atlantic, the Atlantic, is, not bad. Atlantic summer, actually, you could swim. It's warmer. Yeah, yeah. That, that is true. Yeah, that is true. But at least on the East Coast, we have Cape Cod Bay. You have yeah. the Gulf of Mexico where it's warm. You yeah. can go and swim. You can actually go in the water. Yeah, here in the Pacific, I don't go in the water. Yeah, it's fucking unless you're surfing. That's no, it. I'm no. just baking maybe, in the sun. We should, we should probably take up surfing. Yeah, I could do it. Yeah, I wouldn't. But it, <laughs> yeah, how hard could it be? Uh, I would love to see you try <laughs> harder than I think. <laughs> All right, Friday. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben. It is our beverage of the week. It is another offering from Basil Hayden's. Uh, tonight it is the dark rye. We tried their straight bourbon. Uh, uh, I don't know. I would say about maybe five weeks yeah, yeah. ago or so. It's been it's been a few weeks, but you know we really enjoyed that offering. I love their packaging. It really you know 
catches your eye on the shelf there. Um, but that was, you know, it was it was a highly rated uh, bourbon. And uh, tonight we got the the dark rye. Ben, do you have some information for us? I do. This is the Basil Hayden's dark rye. Blending is an art form, and this dark rye is your chance to own what might very well be a masterpiece. It all begins with Kentucky rye, providing a firm foundation. We gotta get a little music for this. Yep. yep. Providing a firm foundation of spice, oak, dried fruit, and subtle molasses undertones for this release to build upon from their Canadian rye from their award-winning Alberta distillery is skillfully layered in a touch of California port that explains the taste and its complimentary notes of ripe fruit provides the third and final layer to a whiskey just as home at home on the rocks as it is in a cocktail it's full in flavor yet delicately nuanced and you'd be wise to grab a bottle of our dark rye to experience the magical blend for yourself. The color is deep, rich amber with ruby undertones. It has oaky notes balanced with dark berries and molasses. The taste is complex. A blend of caramel, dried fruit, and oak with back notes of spice and a rounded mouthfeel. The finish is lingering dried fruit with a hint of sweetness and just a touch of rye spice. The proof is 80, so it's a little lower on the proof side, right? Or most uh, rye. That's, that's pretty bad. It's about right. 40%. And it <coughs> allegedly has five or four and a half stars. Uh, many good reviews. Not sure if it's won any awards. They don't list any awards on their website. Uh, but this is an interesting take on a rye because I don't know that we've t- if we tried a rye yet that had a port. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, but it's dark. I mean, when they say dark rye, I mean, look at the color. It's almost like a, a watered down Coca Cola. Almost, it's it's very like a dark caramel color. This is probably one of the darker browns that we've tried on the show. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that we've ever had anything. I mean, port oh, it's a beautiful is... color. It's, it's really nice color. Port is that's the Portuguese. I think it's a. I want to say it's a grape. I think it's a wine. I think it's more of a wine thing that's distilled for and and bottled and and uh, aged for a long time. But it's very thick. It's very sweet. Yeah, not, not, it, it's definitely an acquired taste. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you know, you more you know more about you know different types of wood than I do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're very knowledgeable with your wood. It's distilled grape spirits exclusively in the Douro Valley and the northern provinces of Portugal. Uh, it's a Portuguese fortified wine product. Hence the name Port. I'm not a huge fan Trugal. of it. It's too thick. It's too dark. It's too sweet. I like the sweetness. Though. Uh, I, I do enjoy a, some sweetness coming through. Uh, but in, uh, just a straight port. Have you ever had a straight port? I uh, know. It, it's maybe. Well, I didn't like the Islay Scotches at first, so maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's an acquired taste. Uh, but it was definitely, ports are definitely more of a dessert than they mm-hmm. are uh, something you would sit and drink. But let's yeah, give it a sniff. Yeah, it's, cheers, Ben. And let's give it a It's got legs, sniff. as they say, as the wine drinker say. I mean, it, interesting. It, yeah, I mean, there's there's some definitely some fruitiness, which I did not expect from a rye. And it's not, you don't get Almost a lot a of the sweetness too. You don't get a lot of the spice like you do from some of the other rice on the nose. 
you know, you get a little bit of the woodiness. There's some wood there. I like the oak notes. But I mean, it smell. I mean, it smells really nice. It actually, it actually smells. I mean, just oh, molasses. That's molasses. what that is. Yeah, that's, that's what that what is. is. <laughs> I, I mean, I I, t- I smelled something that was you know almost like a corn syrup no, or a molasses it's, or a. It's sweet. It's fruity. Um, you know, which is something you don't really get from rye. Um, but the color. I mean, look at the. I mean, color. the color is beautiful. I mean, I mean, the color is really nice. I, I think love. We had love a balcones that was similar in color. Maybe the maybe the the Texas rye or the not this dark, but not this not is, quite this, this is dark. Pretty this, dark. Is, this is dark. I mean, there's there's a little bit of like a redness to it, almost like a dark sort of you know burgundy or something. But and you're right, the packaging is very very oh, yeah. distinct. Very nice. Uh, great bottle with a a, a beautiful. Sort of label that is attached and unattached has to like some a little, degree. Has like a little belt. Has a little belt around it with a BH. Yeah. Of course, it's uh, you know lowercase, which is all the rage now. Well, lowercase B, uppercase H. Yeah. <laughs> but I or really capital, like the smell of capital it. H. Capital <laughs> H. <laughs> uppercase capital. Dark berries. Hmm. I mean, there, I mean, there's like if you really spend some time, I don't know, like sniffing it. <laughs> I mean, you get a little bit of that sort of. It's almost like a little bit of wine too. I mean, if you if you like really stick because it doesn't really burn the nostrils. I mean, if I mean, you can really get in there and sniff the shit out of this it, thing. It doesn't get. Uh, but it doesn't like spirity at all. It doesn't burn your nose whatsoever. You get absolutely no burn. Whereas with 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 other uh, browns that we've had, I mean, if you stick your nose in the glass, it I gets mean, spirity you, 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 and it gets you, it a little, really burns the back of your yeah. nostril. But this one, you can get in there, you can give it a good sniff, and there's some really good scents coming out of this. I mean, it, tell, it smells very good. I mean, it smells delicious. And what's and, the price point on this? Uh, it's about forty bucks. That's not bad. Yeah, that's cheers. taste. Cheers. Right when it hits your tongue, there's a sweetness. It hits you with that sweet. It, that it yeah, but then it settles down. Uh, you get a little bit of burn on the back of your tongue from the spice, which get, is expected from a rye. I get the fruit. You get the fruit. It's very molasses or caramel or something. For me, it tastes very raisiny to me. It's a lot of raisin. You get a lot of raisin and peanuts in things that you taste. I think you're predisposed to raisins but it's extremely and peanuts. smooth. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's extremely smooth, though. I mean, it goes down very easily. There's like almost, a little bit more spice. There's almost no burn. I would like a little bit more spice for a rye. You know, I expect more spice, and I enjoy spice. So it'd be nice to get a little bit more of that in this. But I get the spice the more. But you have to kind uh, of on pay the third it, sip. You kind I of get pay attention spice. to it, though. Like you know, rye usually hit you with a little bit of spice, a little extra spice. Whereas this one, you kind of have to pay attention to that spice. But on the back, on the finish, you do get. You can definitely tell that there is some spice. I get the oak coming through. Thank goodness, it's not overwhelming. the The caramel and the fruit don't completely overwhelm uh, the oak and the spice. It's actually a really. Uh, it's, it's actually a pretty balanced flavor. Between the sweet, the oak, and the spice, it's really well balanced. None of the, the sweetness doesn't overwhelm the oakiness. The oakiness doesn't overwhelm the spice. The spice doesn't overwhelm either of the other two. Yeah, 
But that that I mean, it, it, I, I'm, I just get a lot of the raisin. I mean, I, I'm getting a lot of raisin and a little bit of spice, some sweetness, a little bit of fruitiness. Um, I mean, it's not crazy complex, yeah, but it, but it also no. doesn't. Oh, it's very satisfying. It doesn't overwhelm. I mean, it's very my satisfying. senses in one or the other. I mean, it's it, I mean, it's easy to drink, and 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 you know, forty percent. You know, I think it's much smoother to drink than the other than than the bourbon that we tried, the straight bourbon uh, from Basil Hayden's. I, I think this is probably easier to drink, but that one was a little more complex, had a little more flavor there to yeah. think about. Whereas this one, it hits you with the flavor, you realize what's there, and you don't expect anything else. Whereas with the other, with the bourbon, you know, it, it kind of kept you thinking. You know, what am I what am I tasting here? Whereas this one, you know. Raisin, fruity, a little bit of uh, you know woodiness to it, you know, yeah, a little bit of spice, not overly spicy, which I was really hoping for, you know, because I mean, it, it, you know, we, we usually gravitate towards the rise, towards the rise over the bourbons. Um, it's 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 a good offering. It's a good offering. I just expect a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little bit more. It does make me want to say mm. a little bit. <laughs> Uh, this this is something that I could see if you were making a fruitcake or some type of an alcohol-based mm-hmm. dessert cake around yeah. the holidays. I mean, there, there, you could use this as an ingredient and substitute yeah. it for a rum, maybe. There's a little bit of... It's got that sort of holiday yeah. has a little bit of cake. Pa- pastriness to it. Like you could put this, you know, pour this in your fruitcake uh, batter or pour this in your... You know your holiday, your holiday loaf batter, mm-hmm. and I, I think mean, it would be really nice. I think for anybody out there that's a little turned off by rise, I think this, this is not going to knock your. Yeah, no, I think this is this is a little safe. I think it's a little safer. Safe. It's not as spicy, and it doesn't really taste much like a rye, like a typical rye, and you know all the other ryes that we've had on the show. Uh, it's good, but I just expected something a little different. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, the the from what I'm reading, the you know folks are divided on this. Mm-hmm. Um, in in terms of you know a lot of people like it, a lot of people don't. Uh, whiskey connoisseurs uh, are split on whether this is something that is truly in the rye whiskey it category. It, it almost doesn't or taste something like a that rye. Is in a, a category of its own or a different category. All, um. All of itself, mm-hmm. uh, but I like it. That's I mean, I, I definitely. I mean, you could you could drink this on the rocks. Oh, yeah. You could drink it. I mean, it's 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 something that you don't need to mix. I mean, it's something you can easily drink on the rocks. Sit back, relax, and sip on the Basil Hayden's Dark Rye. Um, so it's it's not a bad offering. I just expected a sort of different flavor from this. So I mean, you know, for everybody that's listening out there, it's not like me and you know Ben. You know, we don't go out and drink this stuff and think about it. You know, we, 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 we get it. We try it on the show and we give you our honest opinion. And, you know, just sitting down for the first time sipping it, it is a very good sipper, but it's not, you know, overly complex. I mean, the flavors are there that you would sort of expect um, or not sort of expect, but, you know, you just get those flavors coming through because I actually expected something a little different. But it, it, it's, you know, you, you, you get those that, that certain taste profile from this. And then the next sip is exactly the same. Like you're not really left thinking, what else? There's something there. There's something missing. But you kind of get everything at once. And then because of that, it's not interesting. It's sort of boring, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think that, that the bourbon 
BreakingBourbon.com actually describes it pretty well. They say Basil Hayden's Dark Rye Unique Blend just goes to show that even in today's crowded marketplace, there's always room to try something different and still be successful. Uh, some will be turned off by the fact that port is directly blended in with the rye. Others will bemoan the lack of traditional rye flavors that we described. And yet others will say it was good right up until the finish. Uh, that said, the review, uh, re- the review says the end result will be quite unique. It's refreshing in today's ever crowded and ever similar marketplace. In addition, they were pleased to see that Beam, I guess this is made by Jim Beam. Uh, decided to come in at a price point that allows everyone to give this release a try and judge for themselves. Mm-hmm. But I think that's how I would describe it. I mean, it's it's it's, it's a, unique. I mean, it, it's different. Yeah. It some people will hate it because it doesn't taste like a traditional rye. Some people will love it because it's different. It's unique. It has mm-hmm. uh they'll see it for what it is rather than yeah. oh my god, it's not a rye. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, you know, for you know, if we were to rate this, that's gonna be tough. Wow. I would give it a six. Woo! That's low. No, I, no uh, it's easy to drink. It goes down very smooth, very nice. It's something you can really definitely sit back and drink for long periods of time, but it's just not very interesting, and it doesn't really hit the mark on what you expect from a rye. Interesting. So you are on, you are the, others will bemoan the lack of traditional rye finishes and flavors. Yeah, I, I would like a little bit more spice. If it had a little bit more spice on the finish, this would be a very interesting drink. Uh, I would say it was good right up into the finish. I'm on the other side yeah. of that. <laughs> uh, I would like a little bit more spice on the finish. Yeah. yeah. But I would give it a seven because I want more you know, companies to try to do things mm-hmm. if it was like, like this that are it, interesting. Yeah, but if it, was, if it was thirty dollars at that price point, I can agree with it. You know, at forty is pushing because you know we tried that Rittenhouse you know a few weeks back, which was more of a traditional rye, and if it had some of that more traditional rye flavor to it, with maybe just some of that sweetness added, it'd be more agreeable. But you know, I, I think the price point is a little high for the flavor that you're getting and what it's trying to be. I, I just, I, I think they sort of, they missed the mark a little bit. But if, if, if you know, if anybody just wants something that's easy to drink, that's sort of sweet, has a little bit of spice, then this is perfect. But if you're looking for that rye flavor, you're not going to get it with this. Yeah, it says, frankly, Breaking Bourbon, frankly, the finish is a letdown compared to the nose and palate. Because the the nutty berry sweetness lingers all yeah. the way to the end, mm-hmm. but I would I would recommend it, and I would I want to encourage other distilleries to try to do, you know, something unique yeah. like this. I, think they, actually, I just think they went a little too far with the port, a little bit too yeah. far with the sweetness, a little bit too far with the with the fruit. Yeah, and, and you know, in, in the next few weeks, um, I'm also interested to try their Caribbean cask finish. As well. Oh yeah, we tried uh, and, 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 which one? That was Glenn the Glenlivet. Glenn so I, I kind of want to see how that tastes. Also, I mean, you know, it's not a rye; it's just a Caribbean cask. Maybe it was a rye, but uh, you know, I, I'm I'm very interested to see 
you know, since we tried that Caribbean cast, the Glenlivet, I, which I was wanna, really good, I, 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 which was very, you know, it was, it was good. It was a very good offering for the price point. Also, that was also lower price than this, and that was a better offering. Uh, but that's a Scotch. This is you know rye. Um, but you know, I, I, since we did try that Caribbean cask finish, uh, Glenlivet more recently, that's the reason I didn't grab that one off the shelf, and that's why I wanted this one because we haven't had a rye in a few weeks, so we want to mix it up a little bit. But yeah, I mean, it's good. It's good, but not what I expected. Yeah, I just, I mean, I like the flavor. It's a little sweet for me, and the finish just doesn't give me enough of that spice finish. But I think it's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I could tell that the whiskey and the port that were that went into this, uh, the rye whiskey that went into this, were of a pretty good quality. And I'll, I'll give them a seven based on creativity. Mm-hmm. And a lack of wanting to discourage others from doing this type of thing, uh, but it's it's something that I would drink on the around the holidays, mm-hmm. sitting around eating or charcuterie, after, charcu- charcuterie, or after a podcast, or after a podcast for sure. <laughs> I mean, last week I drank the Balcones one hundred proof rye, yeah, it's uh, which is a little intense, and this is something I could definitely see sitting around the afternoon, you know, with family, you know partaking in this mm-hmm. uh but it's 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 not as spicy as i would like it yeah all right franny what's next up on the big board next up on the big board ben is our beer of the week which is the malquerida malquerida i hope i'm saying that right it's a spanish beer it's it's one of their specialty beers and i'm gonna have to grab that from the cooler all right we'll be right back with our beer review of the week All right, and we are back. We just reviewed our brown, which had a little bit of an identity crisis. Ben, <laughs> a little bit. I, I think that's the best a way to describe that. A little bit of an that. identity crisis. But uh, am I we, a port? <laughs> am I a whiskey? Am I a rye? What am I what tonight? Am I? But tonight we're gonna see what this beer tastes like. Does this beer have an identity crisis? It is from Spain. So I, I believe it's from Spain. I've been saying that the entire show. Um, I'm sure you'll have some information for us there, Ben, but it is the Malquerida Roja Fresca. Yes. Ah. That's that's oh. the live pouring. That's not that's sound effects. Pouring <laughs> it into the glass. Yeah, I'm sure I'm butchering the name, but this is the Malquerida Malquerida Dam, the Roja Fresca. I believe, actually, I don't have the bottle in front of me, but I believe it is, it is from Spain. Let's see. Brewed for the best Latin food. Cannot read the rest of that. No, because the uh, the brewer is, I think, the same one that, that, that has the Estrella uh, Dam also, which is from Spain. And I grabbed this off the section in the store that had Spanish, you know, beers, I think uh, it is. So I'm guessing it is, you know, from Spain. It's a fresh red beer and a new style of beer created by Dom's master brewers, Ferran Adria, Albert Adria, and the team. Uh, this was created specifically to be joined with Latin food. It was created with a fascination of Ferran Adria and Albert Adria and their team with Latin cuisine. Latin cuisine is delicious, creative, complex, 
and full of flavor. It is enjoyed all over the world, but there was no specific beer that would combine perfectly with its strong personality. Uh, in 2014, they persevered to create this beer. They firmly believed in the need to create a special beer for Latin food, and they decided to make it together with their team at Dam, no matter what it took. Uh, in 2016, they finally tested and brewed this beer. It's a Mediterranean brewery doing creating a beer to go with Latin food. And in 2016, they said, yes, we have created this beer. Uh, so it's a, it's a red. It is specifically brewed to pair with Latin food. This is product of Spain. All there right, we go. There it is. Uh, so it's really small on the bottle. Maybe they're not very proud of it. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, they're not. But they, I mean, they have a pretty good. They have a good offering. They have, yeah, they, actually, that first one, Ben, right there yeah. on the top left. That, the Free uh, Damn Lemon. Uh, yeah, that one is very good. Yeah, I mean, they have a, a bunch of different uh, beers. We've, we've tried the Daura. Yep, we we've did. we tried that one. Not on the show, but we have tried it in the past. Yep. Uh, also a decent offering. It was. I remember yeah. it being crisp, uh, very easy to drink. I mean, they have a lot of good offerings, actually. Yeah. Uh, the Estrella Dam, obviously, we've tried that. Estrella. Uh, Estrella Dam, I'm sorry. Uh, but they have a, a bunch of pretty good offerings. They have a lemon beer. Actually, I think we'd probably... Uh, I'd like to try a Rattler mm-hmm. in the the next few weeks as the weather warms up. I mean, it's a sort of a... I think it's a Bavarian, German, Austrian beer they mix beer with i think lemon yeah. like a lemon lemonade it's popular around in europe i mean all, all like a lot of the uh european breweries have that radler offering yeah so this is uh this beer is five percent alcohol by volume 19 ibu which is very low uh bitterness on untapped it gets three out of five stars uh that's just one review uh, so the alcohol content is pretty low uh, I'm sure Total Wine will have a different uh, review. Or, or no review. Or no review. <laughs> yeah. uh, essentially says 5% alcohol by volume. Brewed as a red beer. Uh, hibiscus. And uh, not much information there. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's give this a taste or a smell uh. and see what we get. Wait, where's mine? Oh, wait, this was, oh sorry, this is yours. <laughs> <laughs> You want that one? Yeah, yeah. You, you want? Doesn't, doesn't matter. I take that are, one. Are you sure? Are you yeah, sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, it's not. It's not very. It's not a strong. Doesn't smell, have no. any smell at all. Hardly. It's a little bit of sweetness, maybe a little bit. I mean, it definitely tastes like a lager, or smells like a lager. I mean, it's, it's, it's sweet. It smells sweet. It smells, you know, fruity a bit, but let me give it a, let's give it a taste though. I am not impressed. It doesn't have Franny's bite. I know he's going to say it doesn't have the bite. No, but it, it does. It has it's, something there. It's got a dank stick. It's got a dankness to it. Not dank, yeah, it's, but it's, it's like got a, a bit, it's, it's got, got a like skunkiness a, to it. It's got a little bit of a rosiness to me. It's, it's almost like a rose petal. This is supposed to go with Latin food of some kind, I suppose. Yeah, so imagine. So this is going with sort of fatty. Maybe something like a little spicier, you know, something that would, you know, this would kind of wash off your your, your palate sort of, I guess. I don't know. Hmm. It 
Yeah, no, not good. <laughs> I'm just reading what they I say. I mean, it's, it's easy. The... It's easy to drink. I mean, because there's. I mean, I, I'm sure your high life right there has just as much flavor as this does. Just a different flavor. Hey, why don't you open up one? I want you to open up one of those Millers and give. I'm it not going to finish it though. You know, you don't have to finish it. The beer, the six pack was like five dollars. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I know that. Uh, <laughs> so I'd like to hear your review of uh, the Miller. Uh, but this was. Let me this get is, that real quick. This is an interesting. One second. I'm just I'm searching for the flavor in this beer. I'm I'm trying to figure out what the what the flavor is in in what I'm tasting here, and I, and I don't quite get much. Uh, I, I'm trying to find a you know a review that would give me a little bit more information, but it it just it, it really doesn't. I mean, unless it is meant to take the edge off of you know a spicier meal which I, I i guess it could do all right all right franny's got the miller here all right ben so while you're trying to kill some time there <laughs> <laughs> but i'll give this i mean i would give it i a, mean i'll I give mean, it a five you're, you're kind of searching for a redeeming quality in it, give and, it a five. and there's not much of a redeeming quality when you're, when you're trying to find some sort of a flavor in a beer. That means it's not very good, in my opinion. I'd say this is more. It's a four for me. It's 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 below average. A five is average. This is below average. Um, it's go. it's it goes down easily, but it has absolutely no beer flavor to it. It's almost like some sort of like a like a, a carbonated juice or something. It's, it's just not. It's not good and there's yeah, not says, that much carbonation it's perfectly too. Actually, balanced and a wild experience more for the nose and palate more carbonation would actually you know make it a little Be bit better. better yeah all right miller high life i'm trying all right so what are you going to give it a six four that a four for the malakitty low five yeah no i mean I, i've tried a few of the other offerings that are better than this yeah the this, estrella is good the the Estrella Dam that, that that one uh is 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 one of their better offerings i enjoyed that one it's or easy to I drink say, it's smooth the estrella uh, and then also the other one, the other one that comes in like it looks like a champagne bottle. That one is also very. Oh, good. that one was really very good. citrusy. That one is also almost not like a beer, but it's almost enjoyable yeah. to drink it the way it is. And it has a little bit, I'd say, a little bit more carbonation. Um, it's a little classier, I guess. But um, but I like extreme beers. Yeah. Like I like and, extreme but, but, like, IPAs. But one of those bottles, one bottle is like you know nine yeah. or ten bucks, whereas this four pack right here is less than that too. Yeah, but, I mean, I like extreme beers. Like, I like extreme bitter IPAs, but also a Rattler, which is right. lemonade and beer together. I mean, I, I like sort of extremes. All right. I'm. You're going to try Miller? This I'm is, this is a genuine American <laughs> 19. This thing, they were drinking this in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, yep. the 90s, and today. On the nose? Also, not much <laughs> there, but let me give it a shot, Ben. Let me think of taste. As we have fireworks in the background. What I like about it, more carbonation. It is it's very, a refreshing it's, American beer. It's a beer, all right. Um, I mean, and, and it's something that, you know, you can definitely drink for long periods of time while you're working outside you know, putting the Empire State Building together. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I'm sure a lot of those guys up there were probably drinking this, making I mean, silent it, movies, making silent movies a, with a with a girder uh, sticking out of the 150th floor. I wish I had a little bit more flavor. 
uh, you know, the the. I mean, it's definitely not the champagne of beers. Um, but well, champagne it, doesn't have much flavor. I, I wouldn't say that it's better than the Malcarita. I think the Malcarita actually actually had a little bit more flavor. Really? To it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it had oh a little bit, God. a little bit of that rosiness to you it, like almost it. like rose petals. Like it was a slightly fruitiness. Whereas this is very bland. Um, you know, it's it's, it's crisp, but it's you know it's refreshing. It's easy to drink a whole bunch of them. But if you're looking for a good quality beer, you know the price point that it's at is where it should be. Yeah, yeah. This is middle of the day. 100 degrees. Yeah. If sitting it, by the yeah, beach. Yeah. Don't want to get too heavy. Don't want to get too drunk. Don't want to get, you know, you don't want, you know, beer that's going to make you more thirsty. It, it doesn't. It doesn't. Um, I mean, you could, I mean, you would definitely, I mean, because I've, 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 I don't think I've ever had a Miller High Life. I think this is the first time I've had a Miller because I usually stay away from it. I, I, I usually gravitate towards, <laughs> you know, beers that have more flavor. Yeah, uh, of course. Or is of this course. one? So yeah, yeah, no, no, and, and obviously, I mean, this is something that you do drink uh, all day, you know, by the pool. It's not going to get you messed up. Uh, is it better than what we just had? No. Um, but I, I would say this is also, I, I would say it's probably a three. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Miller how gets a three. You've had PBR, so you've had. I've never had. You've never had a PBR in your whole life? I drink higher quality beers. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you grew up in the city. I grew up in the country where, you know, when you're 18, 16, 17, you're trying to get beers. You know, you got to get older kids to buy you beer. Uh, back then, it was still for a little while. I mean, the drinking age, I think, I was 19 say, for a while in New York. So, you know, they're talk, trying to take your money. You, you know, 10 beer, bucks, they give you a six pack of Milwaukee. A beer that's on the same level as this, I, I would compare this to Bud Light, but I would even I would prefer Bud Light over this. No, oh, this is better than Bud Light. No, because it doesn't have the aftertaste. Yeah, I don't. See, Bud I, Light's like a diet coke. I don't. I, I taste don't, it for like hours after I drink it. Yeah, I, I don't mind Bud Light compared to this. I don't. I don't care for either one of them. But <laughs> all right, I would rather have I, a Bud Light is probably a four. This is a three. Uh, but the Malcarita also a four. I expected more from it from uh, this particular brewery. Uh, it's a little bit of a disappointment. Well, I mean, the way they described it, they made it sound like they were searching through the desert yeah. for, you know, you know, with uh, Michael Douglas and, you know, looking for the Emerald Stone or whatever that movie was where the guy got his arm bit off by the alligator, uh, you know, and they really just brewed a pretty average beer with yeah. a little bit of fruit or something. I, mean, I, I, added I, I in could there. see, I could see it, you know, I'm, just like this Miller, you know, a lot of these beers that don't have a ton of flavor. Uh, with a meal, it's good. I don't like to drink with. I don't like to drink alcohol when I'm eating. Maybe wine, if anything. But this, you know, either one of them, I can see them going easily with, you know, pairing with food with because food, it doesn't yeah. take away from the food. It kind of washes down what you have. But just as an everyday sipper, you know, e- either one. I think the Miller High Life is actually maybe a little more crisp, but. Yeah, and, neither, and I don't neither typically, one of them are, are yeah. really that great. And I don't typically drink a, a heavy beer with food either. I mean, when I come to your house for, you know, for dinner, yeah. I usually say I'll, I'll have beer after I eat because I know if I drink a heavy beer, I almost never, yeah, a heavy beer, I won't, I won't eat. Like mm-hmm. I'll start drinking the beer and I'll be like, I, it'll, I'll lose my appetite for, <laughs> for the food. Uh, mm-hmm. But something like the Miller or the this this what do you what's the name of this again, Malcarita? Mm-hmm. Uh I could I could. I wouldn't even know I was drinking it. Yeah. But within that same price point, I mean, you have that Bavik that we had, you know, a few weeks ago. That was that, uh, more than a few weeks ago. I mean, it was that Belgian beer that had flavor that was crisp. That would also pair well with, you know, other foods as well because it has that nice crisp finish. It has enough flavor to it, but it doesn't feel watered down. 
Uh, but these feel yeah. both of these both you know they they they're just watered down beers. You know, I wish I knew the name of that beer that we had in Prague with that meal that we had at the restaurant that was the location where they founded the High Duke soccer team. Oh yeah, that because I mean, that, that was a dark beer, it had it flavor, was, but it was, went well with food. Yeah, but that was like their own like house beer. Like, you but can't it really buy went that. good with the food. But I know, but but you can't. That was heavy food too. Yeah, uh, but, but I you, did you, have the pork knuckle. You did have the pork. awesome, by the way. <laughs> yeah, the pork knuckle. But that is a beer that you could also go with that type of food. Whereas the Malcarita, maybe it goes well with a little bit of you know spicy food, where it kind of washes down the spice where your mouth is burning. You know, for us gringos over here that are you know we we don't drink, we don't eat like a lot of spice. Uh, I do enjoy it, but uh, you know this probably would wash it down and and uh, you know I, I but still I you know, just as a regular beer, just trying it here on the show, nothing spectacular. Yeah, and I'll see if they have this. You know, when we when we can finally go out to restaurants. Uh, I mean, typically if we have that kind of spicy food, I'll have like a uh, like a sangria or a fruity wine. Uh, or something along with the meal and some water, which sort of counteracts the spice of the food. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't mind seeing how this uh, how this pairs. But but on its own, yeah, not nothing. I would not drink no. it on its own. No. All no. right, Franny. What's next up on the big board? Next up on the big board, Ben, is our housekeeping to finish up the show. I feel like we just started the show <laughs> and it's already over. Uh, this is a show about football fun. Friends, whiskey and beer reviews. Please head over to our website at thirstygold.busbrow.com. From there, you can subscribe, listen to all of our past episodes, check out our show notes, and from there, you can get links to all the stories that we cover, all the beers and the browns, the bourbons, the rice, the scotches that we taste test on the show. You can get links to all of the podcatchers, just about all the podcatchers in the world. Uh, we are also on Pandora. Please check us out on Pandora. Uh, you can download the podcast directly from our website as well. You can email us at podcastthirstygoal at gmail.com. You can follow us on my moderately entertaining uh. Twitter account at Goal Thirst and on Franny's amazing Instagram account at Thirstan. You can get pictures of all of the browns and the beers that we tasted tonight on there as well. Check out all of our photography and please, please, please leave us a review. How many stars, Franny? Five stars, Ben. Leave us a five-star review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It's easy to do. Look for that review button on your podcatcher and leave us a review there. Uh, please, please, please tell a friend, a family member, a coworker, a stranger, a person you love, a person you hate this week. Tell them about our show. Get them to subscribe. Franny, anything to add before we leave our listeners for this week? (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much for everybody that downloads or listens to the podcast. Yes. Thank you all. And we'll see you next week. 